Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Happened to Mike Schmidt, forty-year-old boy podcast. How are you, ladies and gentlemen? You know what? I'm going to go this route. How are you, ladies? Don't care what the gentlemen are thinking this time. Couldn't care less how you're feeling, gentlemen. Actually, let's pivot. How you doing, gentlemen? Don't care about the ladies. Keep it to yourselves. Not asking you. Asking only the men in the house right now. Like every stand-up comedian in the goddamn world. Can I hear it from the ladies? What about you men in the house? How about a round of applause? Shall we do it? We shall. Because why? We're sheep. Doing what a comedian tells us to do. Why not, right? Uh, what? If, how do I go this way? <laughs> hey, ladies, how you doing? And there are no ladies listening. What if there's no ladies listening to this show at all? Who have I asked then? I, I should just be asking the gentleman. Hey, gentlemen, how are you? What if there's no gentleman listening to the show? It's only ladies. Uh, let me. Uh, here's a good way to figure out if there's ladies listening or gentlemen listening. Hold on. <clears throat> all the ladies in the house say yeah. Oh, look at that. All right. We've got some ladies listening. Let me, let me do this. Uh, all the gentlemen in the air, raise your hands in the air. Like you just don't care. That's not helping, not helping me at all. Got to be honest with you. I'm not, I don't see it's a, it's not a visual medium. Foolish me. I don't know what I was thinking. Uh, I, perhaps I wasn't even thinking at all because I'm distracted. I'm not going to lie to you guys. <laughs> Here's what happened. First of all, eh, my mouth seems kind of, hold on. I'm trying to get. I drink some water to try to rinse my mouth and make it broadcast worthy, uh, but it feels a little sticky. My mouth feels a little sticky. I, f- I feel like I've been uh, drinking syrup, dr- chugging some syrup right out of the old bottle. You know, during the pandemic, I decided to be a syrup guy. And by that, I mean, I buy, um, all right, I bought waffles during the pandemic. You know this, I bought waffles because in the morning I was making breakfast sandwiches with waffles. What a fat monster. I was making ham and cheese uh, and egg sandwiches. Well, uh, all right. It started out with scrambled eggs, ham and cheese, and then uh, it started to pivot. And instead, I uh, I stopped making the eggs because that's the actual hard part. <laughs> microwave does the rest. Uh, you toast the waffles, and then you you microwave the ham and cheese to get it all melty or whatever the fuck. Uh, and then you scramble a couple of eggs in a pan. And then I, here's here's the thing. I did that for a while. And then I went, why am I even making these eggs? I, this whole thing could take five seconds if I do it with the microwave only. Because again, if you're not going to make shortcuts, you're not going to have me on board. I'm I'm clearly your shortcut king. 
Uh, so, uh, the fuck was I even telling you? Oh, so then I bought waffles, right? And because initially it started off where I was just gonna eat waffles, like some eggs and waffles, maybe. Because I'm not, I'm not that fucking guy. I haven't been that my whole life. Like for breakfast, when I look, when I was super fat, it was, uh, it was fucking cereal. I could, I could kill a box of fruity pebbles in a day, and then eat uh, pop tarts with it. God, I love it. Um. But then during the pandemic, you know, and then I said, well, I didn't eat breakfast a lot on my own. Sometimes I started to whip up some eggs and I liked doing that when I was lifting. Uh, but then we pivoted from that and we said, no, we're not going to do that. A lot of pivoting going on in this show, apparently. Um, but I'm a cereal guy. I always have been. But then I was like, eh, yeah, there's no reason to drink milk. So I kind of excised milk. Although I, I have, I'm not a non-dairy idiot. I'm not a celiac, celiac, who are those fucking idiots? Uh, I have a disease that for some reason I can't tolerate. Uh, gluten-free is not the same as dairy-free. Well, there's dairy-free and gluten-free, uh, and never the twain shall meet. You can only be one or the other. I'm telling you that right now. I'm drawing a line in the fucking medical sand right now in the food sand. Uh, if you're, if you're dairy-free, you must eat gluten. If you're gluten-free, fuck you. Choke down some dairy. I don't want to hear you. I'm this, I'm that. I'm a guy. I'm celeriac or whatever the fuck. Well, celeriac's an actual vegetable. Uh, I don't think that's a condition. Celeriac is a vet. Well, maybe you could be. Maybe you got a condition where you only eat fucking celeriac, which is not celery and it's not a rutabaga, but it looks like a fucking rutabaga. If I remember correctly, you got to peel the fucking thing and cook it and eat it. I don't know. Isn't it the celeriac? It sounds like one of those things that I'm sure they use it in some fucking Indonesian cuisine or something, but nobody here in America really uses it. Uh, nobody softens up a celeriac in their goddamn air fryer and then eats that like a blooming onion, which would be fucking insane. You know what I did? I'm not going to lie to you. I was out, uh, I, I, when I had one of my job interviews, one of my many job interviews that I've had recently, uh, I was down in Hollywood and I, you know, when I'm down there, I'm like, well, what's a place down here that I never go? Cause usually I frequent the places in the Valley. Cause again, I'm making shortcuts on fucking waffles for Christ's sake. I'm going to go venture more than five miles to get food. I don't think so. And there's a lot of places I like around my house. So when I'm down in Hollywood though, I'm like, all right, where can I go? What's a place down here that I like? And, uh, there was a place I'm not going to name it, but it started out as a food truck and I never got to eat at their food truck. And then they got a brick and mortar. And uh, I was like, all right, well, you know what? That's close by here where I'm interviewing. So let's go pivot and head over there. Less again, more pivoting. Uh, so I went and it was, it was daytime. I parked. It's kind of a bar food place, but it was open. And, uh, they offer their own version of the blooming onion, which you may have had at the Outback Steakhouse. Crikey. There's a blooming onion coming to your table. I don't know who that is. It's an English pirate who's eating in an Australian steakhouse. I don't know why he is. You know why? Because the chip shop was closed. He wanted fish and chips. He wandered over there. He tapped on the window. He said, any mushy peas in there for me? And they said, uh, no, sir, we're closed. And he said, "Wool's your accents. And they said, well, you're in America now. Uh, we don't just hire English people. We make English food, but we're not just going to hire English people. And he said, crikey. And he said, you know, with language like that, you should find the Outback Steakhouse. And he went, right. <laughs> he went over there. <laughs> and uh, so he goes, he, he goes, there was this a story about him. No, no, it's me. I, I went to the, uh, the Bloomin' Onion house. And it's a chicken sandwich house. That's the thing is they're they're famous for their chicken sandwiches. But then they started making this. And I can't even say it's not like they put their spin on it. They just made a fucking blooming onion. And and I would read about it all the time on their Instagram or people would be testifying about the joint. And they'd be like, oh, my God, you've got to try this blooming onion. It's fucking amazing. And so I was there for lunch and I walked in and, uh, and the burly bartender came to take my order. I said, first time <laughs> yawning. First time here, man. Uh, what am I getting? 
And he goes, well, everybody seems to like this and this. I go, all right. I go, I'm getting the Bloomin' Onion. I know I'm getting that. He goes, good choice. And I said, uh, I, I, you know, I have to get a chicken sandwich. He goes, you probably should because that's what we're known for. I said, terrific. Uh, they then brought over, uh, well, and then I had a Sprite. Uh, and so he goes back there and he cooks. And by the way, while this is going on, there's a, uh, I couldn't tell if it was a guy leaving his job for another opportunity or an entire office had closed down and these people were just getting drunk at lunch. I don't know, but there were gifts being opened that seemed like farewell gifts, but they were all opening them. So I don't know if their whole team got fucking laid off, but boy, were they loud in the afternoon. I mean, it was, it was, this is like two o'clock in the fucking afternoon. Uh, and look, it's Hollywood. Who the fuck cares? Everybody's down there rampaging, celebrating whatever the fuck they got to do. But they're eating there and their table was just a wasteland, just fucking decimated and beers and all sorts of shit. And it just it looked again, they were happy. They weren't they didn't get on my nerves or anything like that because I don't look. Here's the thing. I don't get uh, just have a good time. I'm not mad at anybody having a good time and they're not spoiling my good time. I, and also, you know what? Fuck you. I came in after them. I can't come in and start. What if I did? Even if they bothered me, which they did not. I can't sit at a table, order a fucking fake blooming onion, and then go, you know what? All of you people shut up over there. I, I don't care what happened at your job today. Wrap those gifts back up. You can't open them in public. <laughs> I don't know who I am. And I just, because I, look, I try to be cool and tolerant and a nice guy, and I want to be that guy. But inside of me, there's Mr. Wilson from Dennis the Menace who wants to burst out and fuck with people all the time. Go, hey, I don't know who you think you are, but you can't be using blue ink in this part of town. What the fuck? What are you talking about? I don't I don't know. Arbitrary rules and bullshit. I got to grow up uh, or I got to actually grow down because I'm too fucking old at this point. Um but I wasn't mad at them. They were great. They were having a good time, but that was just very loud and noticeable. And I was, uh, you know, I, so they got TVs on trying to watch that just, and you're scrolling your phone cause you're eating your lunch by yourself. And I don't mind doing this. So then they, uh, this guy brings out what, what I can only say is seven pounds of food. I, I mean, it, it's just, I don't know where this onion came from. I don't know if it was some nuclear onion that they had at Three Mile Island or whatever the fuck. Some, it might have been from Japan. It might have been from the, the in Fukushima or whatever the fuck, the, the nuclear plant that went bananas during the fucking tsunami. There must have been an onion patch there, and they saved some of them, or it floated across, and some guy scooped it out of the fucking ocean with a goddamn net because they uh, they they turned it into lunch for me. And, I mean, when I say lunch... I mean, I don't mean just lunch that day. I mean, lunch forever. They turn it into lunch. That's what I will eat for lunch for the rest of my life is this particular blooming onion because holy fuck, it looked like they deep fried a globe. I mean, it was fucking gigantic. And then it, you know, it fell apart like the blooming onion, whatever the fuck. And that's, that's a side dish. What the fuck? And and also I should have stuck with that because the dude, here's the thing. When I say, what am I eating here? The guy, they look at me because I'm a big dude, all right? But I mean, I also can't put it away like I used to. It's not like when I was a kid. So in the the old days, I could fucking inhale everything on the goddamn menu. But the way it is now, I kind of got to, you know, tiptoe around and eat whatever the fuck. And look, I couldn't even finish the onion. That's the deal. It's like if I had known it was that big, I would have just gone onion. But then they bring this chicken sandwich that that is just, I can't even... I mean, I can palm a basketball and I could barely lift this fucking thing up. I mean, it's just I got two hands on it and I got to squish it down because it's also one of those deals. It's super fucking tall. Like, wait, Stop making tall food. All right. I'm not a fucking python. I, I, I don't need some sandwich that I can measure with a fucking ruler. I'm not in a contest. I'm not on Instagram trying to win anything. It's like guessing the jelly bees in the fucking jar. Hey, can you unhinge your jaw and swallow this fucking sandwich? No, I can't. You know why? Because I wanted lunch. All I want to do is enjoy a meal. I didn't want to involve myself in some sort of endurance contest, but apparently that's what I've gone ahead and entered. 
Stop making big food. And and some big food, look, and we all know this on fucking TikTok and the bullshit. Everybody does dumb shit like makes a block of spaghetti and freezes it and wraps it up in fucking ground beef and then makes a meatloaf out of it because it's disgusting. Uh, I can't stop watching these. I, I, I watch chef reaction things. And in my brain, I thought to myself, you know what? I could probably do these reaction videos. But then I see more people doing reaction videos and, and they all try so hard. There's like some, you know, Southern woman. And, and she's like, my God, I can't tell you. This looks like two dogs wrestling in a goddamn canoe. Uh, shut up. You know, you're just interestingly not funny enough to be on fucking TikTok. That's a five second thing. Uh, and then they had another dude and he's just got a giant beard and a hat, you know, and he's like, oh, miss me with that. You can miss me with that. And you all know, these, I guess the Southern accent is key to these reaction videos. I don't know. Cause I found one fucking chef. I think it's called just chef reactions. And this guy's just a fucking bitter pill. And he watches things that are bad and he calls them out, but then he watches things that are fucking amazing. He's just like, God damn, these guys are amazing. I wish I could do this. And that's the way to do it, man. He balances it out where he's got like, you know, four great ones. And then he's got, you're just making fun of shit. Then who cares? But he's also praising this chocolatier that he watches all the time. And I was really happy because I found him later. I mean, I just found him. I think Lily actually sent me a video of him a month ago and I didn't follow him or anything, but just this week he popped up on my thing and I watched him and I was like, Jesus Christ, that was funny. I mean, it made me laugh. So I went to his page and, uh, he watches one of the people that I follow. And I was like all excited. There's this woman called the red bowl or whatever the fuck. And on TikTok, she just cooks in her kitchen. She's a pleasant, attractive woman. And she just makes delicious food in silence. That's what I want. That's all I want to watch. I'm not saying I want that in life. I just want to watch. That's I want. If I'm watching TikTok. Give me, give me 90 seconds to two minutes of a pleasant, attractive person making food in silence. That's terrific. You've snared me in. I don't need a cartwheel. I don't need people yelling and shit like that. Um, but he watched her and he even said, he goes, whenever I see this red bowl, I know this shit's going to be great. And, uh, and it was awesome. He watched it and I was like, ah, I love this fucking guy. So then I watched him tear people apart and then I watched him love people. It's, it's, that's the thing. You got to get the yin. And then you also, I don't know if you're aware of this. You also need the yang. If you're going to get a black and white cookie, you can't just get black all over it. You can't just get white all over it. You got to get black and white. It's the whole point. It's in the title. So for him to do good and bad, that's what makes the channel more interesting. Um, but then you go, you start watching these chef reaction videos and you see there are people, and I've talked about it on here before. I guess I didn't realize the magnitude of it. There are people who are just doing videos just to get fucking reactions. Clearly people cooking pasta in an aluminum tin pan with the fucking label still inside. I, I just saw I don't even fucking know what's going on here. These people took a bunch of bananas and I'm not saying like, you know, open them, open them. That's what you do. Hey, open me a banana. <laughs> hey man, would you open me a banana? Uh, they didn't peel them. They, it was just a bunch of bananas like in the, in the bunch. You know what I mean? They didn't tear them off individually. Probably seven bananas with stickers on still with the stickers on these assholes. And, uh, and they fucking dipped them in a batter and they went to deep fry them. They just deep fried a bunch of bananas with stickers and everything and some fucking, I don't know if there was batter there was, and there wasn't even like any panko, none of that shit. They just dunked seven bananas into, into batter. It looked, it looked like, you know what, you know, it would have been huge on TikTok, Mr. Magic when me and my brothers were just throwing fucking hot chocolate mix into the goddamn flames and making huge fucking clouds of fire in our kitchen. That would have been awesome on TikTok because it would have been just as useless as deep frying a bunch of seven fucking bananas. I'll tell you that. Uh, so uh, you see these people doing these terrible things and they start making this garbage and you're like, stop making, first of all, you're, you're making garbage food, which is why I just saw a guy making Listerine pancakes and, and I was like, Oh really? And then he made Pepto-Bismol pancakes and you're like, good Christ. Uh, 
Um, but you know what though? I watch his videos because you know what? His videos are only fucking 15 seconds long. So if, if you're going to tell me, Hey, here's 15 seconds of a guy making a Dorito omelet. I mean like, all right, yeah, I can watch 15 seconds of that. Cause what the fuck else am I doing with my life? Uh, but if you're going to make it like th- four minutes, that's the thing. Those people who take fucking forever to make a beer cheese dip out of fucking Miller light and craft singles. You're like, just, this is, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even feed this to vomit it, it, because even vomit, have you ever seen vomit throw up? If there was a, if you ever have a big bowl of vomit and you fed it something and it just yacked it onto the floor, that's, that's what these people are fucking making. It's just, it's just outrageously bad. But again, you go to other places and they make giant food and that's supposed to be the fucking hook. Like you get a fat sales. There's a fucking joint here called fat sales. I think I probably talked about it on here. I ate there twice and it's owned by turtle from fucking entourage. And it's just, he was like, Hey, I got some meathead friends back in fucking New York. Why don't you guys, let's do them at our fucking restaurant. So it's that dumb shit where they're like, Hey man, let's put three meatballs and a fucking hunk of chicken parm and a handful of goddamn French fries and maybe some cheese sticks and some onion rings on a big ass fucking bun and cover it with whatever we're calling gravy these days. And, uh, and it's a big hit with drunk assholes. And, uh, you know, <laughs> cause I don't know if anybody eats there during the day. It's one of those deals. Like there's a, a, a comedian named Warren Thomas and Warren Thomas uh, and again, you're going to say, oh, this joke isn't that funny, but imagine hearing it in 1985, Warren Thomas is talking about Denny's and he goes, Denny's, I don't, it's just, there can't even be a Denny. You know what? Uh, Denny should just change their name to, Hey, it's late. And, and exactly right. Um, so, so I, I, I don't know, man, these people have graduated from making, like I said, seven shitty bananas, but then there are guys who were in restaurants who are making just the biggest Fucking food, fat Sally's making these gigantic subs that you could kill somebody with. You could literally, it's just, it just looks like a roll of carpeting when they hand it to you. You're like, oh, I can't wait to choke this down in the middle of the fucking night and wake up tomorrow and with a migraine in my stomach. Uh, so I went to this joint and I, again, I should have stuck with the blooming onion, which was fine. But then he brings out the blooming onion and then brings out this chicken sandwich. And it's just, it, it looks, it's about, it's as tall. It's, I wouldn't say a toddler. <laughs> You ever see a baby sitting up? All right, it's like a baby sitting up. You ever see a baby when it's it can actually kind of because they lay down in their blanket and they're like fucking swaddled. But if, when a baby actually gets to sit up, when it's about I don't know, was that nine months? I don't know, is that fifteen months? I don't fucking know. I don't have any kids. When did your kids sit up? <laughs> but that's how tall it was, and it's it's fried chicken. Okay, so when you go to scrunch it down, it's all fucking edges and it's 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 essentially like putting your hand in a bucket of broken glass you know you're trying to shrink the fucking sandwich and crunch it down waiting for a, a fucking you know a shard of bre- of batter to go right through your fucking palm and sever your fucking tendons i mean jesus don't make a tall sandwich and then there's a you know any look if you need more than three toothpicks to hold your fucking food together don't then it's, it's too big it's it's too structurally unsound Put it in a fucking bowl at that point and just give me some chopsticks. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. Who's picking up this sandwich and eating it like a monster? I can't even. Fuck. Because I did. I, I like scrunched it down. I tried to scrunch it down. And then I had to go, you know, to the emergency room, get my hand stitched up. And then I came back still on the counter. Uh, and I picked it up to eat it. And then, you know, it's fried chicken. But everybody makes <laughs> this. Everybody's jumped into the karage wagon where they're making the fucking Japanese fried chicken or the Korean fried chicken. So it's super crisp, which is great. I do like crispy fried chicken, but I like crispy fried chicken in like a tender when I can put it in my mouth. When it's something I have to try to get my teeth around and then I go to bite it, it's, it, you might as well, 
it's it's like eating. All right, by the time you're done eating this sandwich, it's like you ate a whole box of Captain Crunch dry. You know what I'm talking about? Your whole the inside of your mouth looks like you bit a landmine. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. You just lean over and you're, you're the whole fucking plate looks like a Pollock painting because you're dripping blood and whatever the fuck else out of your mouth after carving the shit out of it by trying to eat shards of batter. And and I look a chicken that, quite frankly, has been on uh, training with Sylvester Stallone through all of the Rocky movies. There is no I don't want to I don't don't tell me you've got some local place that makes better chicken or bigger chicken or whatever. The, these chickens have been roided out of their fucking minds. And I don't mind it again. Give me you want to give me all the meat in the fucking world. That's totally fine. Uh, oftentimes I'll go to, there are places I go and the breasts of the chicken are so gigantic. And, and I, I look, which is why I barely order a chicken breast. I only order a chicken breast if I'm getting like a three piece. And then it's because I just don't want to get a thigh because I, I don't think I'm getting my money's worth. I am a fucking look at me. How cheap am I? Um, you got to go thighs and legs. That's what you get. You get dark meat chicken. That's what you get. And, uh, and this was a thigh on this, on this fucking sandwich. It wasn't a breast, but it doesn't matter. It was, it was fucking Bo Jackson's legs. You know what I mean? It was like, I told that story about the stripper. We called Bo Jackson because of her fucking quads. And, and there was no doubt. It was like they killed her and fried her up and put batter all over the fucking poor girl. And, and it was just, I mean, it's too big. It's still quit making big food. And, and again, 20 years ago, make all the big food you want. Cause I could eat all of it, but now do what I say because I can't eat it or I don't want to eat it. It's an unpleasant experience. Um, so he bring he brought over this I mean it was just so big and I I could hear the table legs creaking and cursing my name because the fucking food is perched on top of it. And uh I ate what did I eat? I, I ate about a third of the blooming onion, maybe, maybe. And then I I cut because I couldn't pick up the whole fucking sandwich. Like I said, it was just it was so oddly sh- breaded and shaped and it was just so sharp and sharded and all that fucking stuff sharded not sharded uh i I had to cut a chunk off right so i I just sliced off a hunk of the sandwich and then i i i didn't even bother with the bun then i just put the chicken in just so i could get a taste of what the chicken was and it's just just that fucking you know like i'm all of a sudden it's like i'm eating aquarium rocks that's what it sounds like in my fucking face and, uh, and it was delicious. I mean, again, it, it's really good. The guy doesn't make bad food. It's just too big and unwieldy. You know what I mean? It's like if I, it's like if you were going to eat a baseball bat, all right, if you're going to eat a baseball bat and you're like, ah, I, I probably could get through that. They go, great. Let's wrap it in barbed wire. And you're like, you know, you're there, no Negan. I don't want to eat that fucking baseball bat barbed wire sandwich. I just want a baseball bat sandwich. So, uh, you know, you make a thigh, a chicken thigh and you bread it, uh, accordingly. Like, let's put it this way. Make food a human can eat. All right. Quit, quit serving me barnyard lunches. I, I don't need something that, quite frankly, uh, Joey Chestnut would look askance at <laughs> because he's just like, oh, that's going to fuck my gums up. And I can't. I got a mayonnaise eating contest in about four hours. So I couldn't possibly um, just not not for me. So I I and again, delicious. But I couldn't eat. I, I ate a, a quarter of the sandwich. If that just a piece, a chunk. And then I had a third of the blooming onion and then I went to take it home and I, and I, I did. He boxed it all up for me. He's like, wow, a little too much for you. I'm like, yeah, dude, I, was, I said, that's just big ass food. And he laughed. Um, and, and, you know, it's funny because I didn't I didn't I told the end of this story uh, with Lily a couple of weeks ago. I was it's in my car and I'm driving and I wound up on a, on a freeway off ramp. I was pulling up and there was a dude sitting with his dog like on the freeway 
off-ramp and a duffel bag and just with a please help sign. And normally I will give people a bottle of water. If I have a bottle of water, it's theirs. You know what I mean? That I, I just, I don't carry any cash, but, uh, but in my brain, I, cause I'm, there's like four people till I get to the guy cause we're at a light. And in my brain, I went, you know what, dude, this is fried food. I mean, how, what's it going to taste like in, in an hour, let alone tomorrow, uh, do a good thing. And so, and you know, whatever, I'm not patting myself on the fucking back, but I pulled up and, uh, and rolled the window down. I'm like, Hey man, you want some food? He's like, yep. Handed it to him, drove off. Uh, and it might've been, you know, he might've broken his tooth <laughs> that he had in his head. I don't know. I try to be a nice guy. Uh, I'm not a hero. I just like giving people fried chicken. <laughs> That was actually the slogan for Kentucky Fried Chicken for the longest time. It was the colonel down there in Kentucky. I'm not a hero. I just like giving people fried chicken. <laughs> See, look at that. I could have been the colonel. Fucking Norm MacDonald and whatever the fuck, Daryl Hammond and those guys. You got to be on Saturday Night Live to be the colonel. Why don't you get, you know, hire an amateur colonel for fuck's sake? Although I think they have one now. Uh, I think Jack Mayberry had the gig for a while too. Jack Mayberry was a nice guy. I bombed so badly in front of him once in San Diego and he was just a friendly, nice man in the green room afterwards. He's just like, man, shake this off. Don't even worry about it. Um, and I was like, yeah, easy for you to say. And then for weeks they were telling people the story of me bombing to tell them what not to do on stage. Hilarious. Oh man, there's a giant ice cube in my, in my water. Ah, I almost bit it. Uh, all right. So, uh, let's get to the plugs, right? Let's just do that. What am I doing besides wasting your fucking time at this point? I'm glad you're here. First of all, I'm glad you're tuning in. Yeah, we're late and I'll d- address a little bit more of that with Lily. Uh, but truth be told, I mean, I did a three hour and 15 minute show, uh, two weeks ago and then kind of couldn't find my way to the microphone and we're back. So we're here. And, and, uh, you know, let me tell you this, you know, I'm part of the misfit toys co-op. What? Yes, I am. Misfit toys. Wait, how did, was there something I meant to tell you? What was I even starting to tell you about? I thought there was something in the beginning. Uh, oh, I, I was going to time distract it because it, and it's kind of still happening. Uh, this is, I'm recording this very late, uh, late or early, depending on your viewpoint. Uh, and it's hard because I've been trying to get my sleep schedule squared away. And now life has taken a hairpin turn. So it looks like my sleep schedule is going to go back to what it was. You'll hear all about that with Lily. Um, but, but I'm recording this late and I, I'm trying to decipher what's going on, but there's constant noise, uh, in, uh, from my neighbor. Okay. Remember the neighbor that used to have the baby? Well, somebody's moved in there. I met a, a, a lovely young woman who lives there. And, uh, and then I met the guy who lives upstairs and I actually had to come up with mnemonics. I could remember their fucking names cause I'm old now. Um, but the guy upstairs rides a bike and I got to, had a nice little chat with him about bicycles and things like that. And then, uh, the neighbor neighbor next door introduced myself. That was nice to see her getting into her apartment. But right now, as I speak to you, I don't even know if you can hear it in the background. I often think you can hear things in the background and they sound very loud to me, but then it turns out, nope, nobody can hear them. And I'm the only guy. And then I sound like a fucking whistlehead. So. Uh, I will just tell you this, this is happening right now and you probably can't hear it. Um, I've narrowed it down because I can't, I don't know where the sound is coming from. It's, it's from, it's in my bedroom. So it's, it's either above my bedroom or next to my bedroom. I can't determine if it's the people upstairs or the people downstairs. So I've narrowed it down. Either the people next door to me are fucking and their headboard is hitting the wall with rhythmic intensity. Uh, or the person above me is dribbling a basketball and has been for a while. And I can't figure out why he won't stop. So 
because I can't, I can't pinpoint where the noise is coming from. Now, look, I haven't gone and put my glass on the fucking wall or anything like that to hear the thing. I'm not Gladys Kravitz, but at the same fucking time, I can, I can just hear this pretty consistently rhythmic thumping coming from that quadrant of the house and by house, I mean apartment. Uh, so there you go. So if you hear that in any way, shape or form, please know that I am not fucking anybody and I'm certainly not dribbling a basketball. Uh, it's all I can do to just hold down the fort and deliver you a show that's entertaining. Um, but maybe I should, you know what, what if I could fuck while I did this show? Would you want to hear some of that? Is that something that would interest you? <laughs> what about basketball? What if I could dribble a basketball while I did this show? Now, see, now we're getting into AGT territory. You know, you just podcast, you're a podcaster. You sit at a microphone, you talk, big fucking deal, right? But if you can fuck while you're doing the podcast and uh, and still be entertaining, still be interesting or funny, uh, then look at you getting the job done, right? Look at you laying pipe and then fucking pouring out your dulcet tones through the goddamn airwaves. Everybody hears you broadcasting your fuck knowledge uh, or dribbling a basketball, So I which... Uh, I don't know if it's a cliche at this point. You ever see like movies about basketball where the guy, the point guard brings the ball to class and he dribbles through the hallway. He dribbles through uh, to his room. Um, I guess he would do that because he wanted to be a basketball player. If I did it, it would just be to be because I wanted to be annoying. <laughs> it's the only real reason for me to be dribbling a basketball while doing this show. And I got to be honest, with you, I never mastered. I'm not a left handed dribbler. I could not do it. Um I can, I, and look, when I say I can dribble with my right hand, I mean, I have to look at it. I, I can't, I can't not look at the ball when I'm dribbling. I, I let's in, basically what I'm telling you is if there's some sort of podcasting basketball team that gets put together, I will not be the point guard. I clearly, I am not involved in that, that sort of, I can't, uh, cause I'm always, I'm seconds away from hitting it off my foot or bouncing it off a rock and it goes askew and then my hand doesn't know where it is and then it gets stolen and those guys go down the floor and dunk on us for the fucking winning title and uh, and then all of a sudden, who am I? I'm the fat guy in Teen Wolf who's sad because fucking Michael J. Fox isn't a wolf yet and we're getting our asses beat because I dribbled the ball off my goddamn rock foot. Uh, but yet, here I am to tell you that that's a possibility in the future. I'm going to hold it. I'm just, I'm not going to discount it. I'm not going to discount fucking on the show. I'm not going to discount dribbling on a basketball on the show. Let me ask you this. How do you feel about me fucking and dribbling a basketball on the show? Boy, oh boy, that's got to be, because you got to time, every bounce has got to be with a stroke, like boom, 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 boom. You got to be thrusting, right? Uh, although I guess, you know what, and I'm going to say this, and it's going to sound like a lazy thing, and I don't mean it to be lazy, um, but you got to go cowgirl if you're doing the podcast, right? Or, or reverse cowgirl? Probably reverse cowgirl. She doesn't, she doesn't want to look at me while I'm talking on, on the air. Hey, honey, I'm on the air. I, um, I think you got to go. Yeah. Cause cowgirl, she'd be looking at you and, and, but then she, you know what? The, here's the thing. Then it's somebody you're interviewing. Maybe you do that. Let's see. Are there any interview subjects out there who would want to fuck on the podcast and also do a, an interview at the same time? And by the way, if you can understand any of their answers to any of my questions, I do not know my business. I'll tell you that right now. Um, although I guess, you know, well, no, I can't go down on anybody while I'm on the podcast because then that's not going to be much of a podcast. I don't think so. Anyway, uh, all right, stop this nonsense. Why am I talking about things? I've veered off into some sort of uh, this, this degenerate territory, and I don't mean they do that. It's a family show. Uh, did you know I'm part of the Misfit Toys Co-op? Let me tell you that right now, and you can take it to heart and run with it. Uh, there's all sorts of to- uh, toys. There's all sorts of shows also under the Misfit Toys umbrella. 
Uh, there's the Never Not Funny show. That's the flagship. I think that's the blowtorch, certainly, of the Misfit Toys Co-op. And this week, I will tell you this, just throw this out there. Our good friends over at Never Not Funny have one of our favorite people on the show, the lovely and talented Todd Glass, who not a lot of people funnier than that guy. And he is out there right now. He is over there with the gang, which is, of course, Jimmy Pardo, Matt Belknap, Garen Cockrell, and the lovely and talented Elliot Hochberg. He's your video Sherpa. He's getting it all done. He's making sure all the cameras and the four camera shooter squaring it away. And then Todd is in there because nobody, you know, it's funny. No, I don't think, I mean, Todd's a, Todd's a good laugh. Okay. I'm not sure if anybody makes Todd laugh like Jimmy does because I mean, J- Jimmy's, you know, Jimmy's just fucking hysterical and he just happens to be, he just is honed in on exactly what Todd wants to hear. <laughs> you know what I mean? The kind of what, what Todd finds funny or interesting or entertaining is absolutely Jimmy Pardo. And it's, it's a, it's a fucking joy to listen to. God damn it. I want to chug water because my mouth's a little dry, but I, there's one ice cube. It's rogue. It won't melt. So every time I go to take a sip of my water, you might've, I'm looking at the audacity. I see the little pop. You might've heard it like clack clack in my mouth as I spit it back into the plastic cup. I don't want to, I don't want to bite it. I don't want to chew ice here on the show. Or we already talked about other things. We don't know what it is. Yeah. I'm going to put a chewing ice is right up there on the list with bouncing basketballs and fucking, we don't want any of that stuff on the show, right? We're, we're trying to decide, look, 13 years in, let's make some decisions about what this show ought to be. What do you say? It's a non-basketball dribbling, a non-fucking and a non-ice chewing show done. Perfect. There you go. That's at least three. It's a good start to our list. Uh, go listen to Never Not Funny right now. It's uh, an amazing show. Our good friend Jimmy Pardo and Matt Belknap, Garen and Elliot, the whole gang. Todd Glass is on this week. It's a wonderful listen. Uh, Never Not Funny is available wherever you find your best podcast. It's part of the Misfit Toys Co-op along with me. And Doug loves movies. Do, 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 do. Doug loves movies. I'm singing that to the tune of a, tu- a Tubes song. Do you know what song? I don't know if you do. <clears throat> Doug loves movies and rice. Oh, Doug loves them. He's so nice. Uh, look it up. It, those aren't the lyrics. Some of them are the lyrics. I didn't go full parody there. Uh, but Doug does love movies. He'll tell you all about it on his podcast. I think, uh, you know, who's a guest on there this week? Richard Widmark is on there with him. Famous actor Richard Widmark. Hold on, I'm being told Richard Woodmark is dead. Richard Woodmark is dead. He is not on Doug Loves Movies this week. But I will tell you this, I'm betting that Doug loves at least one movie with Richard 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 Widmark. It's a tough name to say fast. Wit Richard Richard Widmark. It's a tough it's a tough thing to say when you're hearing people fuck in the other room. Richard Widmark. Let me ask you this. If you were fucking in the other room and you heard me mispronounce Richard Widmark 14 times, that kill the mood? Or are you able to just plow through it? You're just like, you know what? Let's just keep going. Wait, does he say Richard Ridmark? What's it? It's Widmark. Shut up. Let's go. Let's fuck. Uh, shut up. Let's go. Let's fuck. Shut up. Let's go. Let's fuck. The Todd Glass Show. Wait a minute. I got to plug that. Hold on a second. Uh, there's a superpower crossover in the Misfit Toys co-op this week that I, I didn't even realize as I was plugging Todd Glass. I'm never not funny. Uh, the Todd Glass Show, also part of the Misfit Toys co-op. Holy fuckeroni. Can you believe that? I can't. Uh, so, and I guess it makes sense to have, uh, you know, it's, it's, they're, they're Avengers assembling and why not, right? If you've got people under the umbrella, go ahead and use them, go ahead and hire them to be on your talk show. It's a good plan. Uh, but the Todd Glass show, I can tell you, I do not think Jimmy's on the Todd Glass show this week, but you can just still download that and check it out. And also hold on. Fuck that yawn. Nobody likes it. No fun with Jen Kirkman. 
That's right. No fun with Jen Kirkman, also part of the Misfit Toys Co-op. You know who I think is funny? Goddamn Jen Kirkman. Her uh, her last, her album, her Gen X album, I can't remember the fucking title of it because I'm a dork, uh, but it just won the number one album from, I think, Paste Magazine, for Best Comedy Album of 2022, and uh, another award, too, as well. Another place named it Best Comedy Album. Good for Jen. Fucking crushing it out there. Uh, now she, and she's not even doing stand-up, really, anymore. This was a show, kind of a one-woman show type of thing that she did. She told some stories. Uh, I, I believe she had a stool and a lectern, possibly, and uh, recorded it for an album. Just fucking, and then put it out there and fucking crushed it, and everybody loved it. So, no fun with Jen Kirkman is her podcast. You can get the uh, the album as well, buy the album from her, because, uh, as she will point out to you, streaming doesn't pay anybody these days, so why not go ahead and pick it out? Go ahead and grab it. Uh, so that's never not funny. Doug loves movies. The Todd Glass Show. No fun with Jen Kirkman. Ouch, that's hot with Danielle Canning and her friend. Uh... Catherine Kimmel, Christine Kimmel off the top of my head. I don't know, uh, but I know the show's called Ouch, That's Hot. Uh, so go check that out. It's a terrific show about danger. And uh, and boy, if you want to talk about danger, you know, who you're going to talk to Danielle Koenig. Uh, she's married to a daredevil like Jimmy Pardo out there with his leathers on riding his fucking scooter, his Vespa all over town. <laughs> Uh, check it out. It's a dangerous show with our great friend, Danielle Koenig, and it is available also via podcasts in the Misfit Toys co-op. They're doing, they're doing the Lord's podcasting work. Does, wait, hold on. Does the, does the Lord have a podcast? I don't think he does, but they're doing the Lord's podcasting work. Certainly you should understand that. Um, we got sponsors for this show. What the fuck? Are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding you. Would I lie to you? Annie Lennox asks. Uh, our great friend, fearful Jesuit over there at the paranoid strain, he does amazing work. He's a, he's catching up to, uh, he's finishing off the Q thing from what I understand. He's finishing up. He's, he's putting Q to bed. Uh, he, he'd had some, uh, I think he had a week off and then he's come back strong and come back hard and he's putting the, the boots to the rest of the Q and on people. Uh, the GQP, <laughs> come on, I'm on Twitter. I see the clever nicknames people have for these people. Uh, but yeah, it's out there now. The Paranoid Stream podcast is amazing. Dana Cunicorn. <laughs> oh no, what's happened over there? Dana Cunicorn, that's terrible news. Has she jumped? Has she gone to the other side? She jumped the fence? We can't have the Cunicorn jump in the fence. Uh, she can't lend her, her lilting accented voice to the other side, the other team. Hooray, I'm for the other team. No, she's not. She's for Fearful Jesuit and his team. God damn it. Up there at the compound with many, many monks, the triple M. That's what they call the, it's the triple M ranch. Many, many monks are living there uh, and doing amazing things. Go ahead and check it out. The Paranoid Strain podcast is available right now in the iTunes podcasting space, whatever they're calling that these days. And also, I believe it's on Amazon. I believe it's on Spotify. It's anywhere you go ahead and find your best podcasts. Right there at the top of the list, you can find the Paranoid Strain. Download it, check it out, listen to it, and love it. It's the best thing going today Dana Unicorn riding shotgun to our great friend fearful Jesuit and uh, you know what write him a note if you want to which is uh, the paranoid strain at gmail.com the paranoid strain at gmail.com write him a note to tell him how much you love the show tell him how much you're involved in this how much you want to put the cute people down to bed with him you're you know join his army He's got a fearful Jesuit army. You know what? Convert to monkism whatever the fuck it's called uh, say so you'll be silent for a year maybe you'll be up there at the triple M. Many, many monks ranch. That's where you'll go and you'll paint ships on grains of rice and you'll pat around in your bare feet and sweep the floor with a broom you made yourself out of straw. Doesn't it sound like a great existence? 
Uh, go live in his compound. He needs the help. The triple M always looking for people. Paranoid strain is the podcast. And uh, do me a favor, leave them a review in the iTunes store. Even look, I don't even know. Do they do that anymore? I think they do. Um, truthfully, I, I, I don't know if they do reviews anymore, but if they do go leave a good one for our good friend, fearful Jesuit at the paranoid strain podcast. It is available for you now, wherever finer podcasts are given away for free. You're killing me, Larry. You know who else has a podcast? Oh, well, a dude that I grew up with, a dude that I know, a dude who used to work at a truck stop. Let's talk about that for a second. Guy worked at a truck stop. Guy worked at a taco stand. Guy worked at an advertising agency. Put all of those into a top hat and spin it around with a magic wand, and you're going to pull out some kind of unholy rabbit that's amazing at art and also at songs. That's our friend David Mex Hernandez. He is the king of kings. Again, it seems very strong. That used to be our friend Manny Moe. I would call him the king of kings. Um, and I haven't seen him in a while, so now I'm pivoting it over. Once I see Manny Moe, he can reaccept the mantle. But right now I pivot king of kings over to our great friend David Mex Hernandez. Uh, and do you know how hard it is to paint guys who look like plumbers with hot bikini chicks when you have holes in your hands? I'll tell you what. Um, but actually here's the best part of it. Max, he, he's got holes in his hands from the crucifixion and yet he has taught a, uh, an iguana to dunk a basketball through it. <laughs> That's just how talented the man is. David Max Hernandez. You can find him at Facebook, facebook.com slash David Max Hernandez. And when you're there, you're going to hear all about his podcast. It also has a page you can join on Facebook. His podcast is called the Flem cat podcast. What? Yes. The Flem Cat Podcast. That's four words. T H E. I'm not gonna, why am I spelling that part? Flem Cat is two words, and Flem is P H L E G M. Check it out. Uh, I, now, look, he. I didn't get to hear it this week, but I understand he said something about possibly doing a Steelheart song. And if he did, I'm, I'm, I'm by parts shocked, and I won't lie, angry, because he hates that kind of fucking music. And when we would talk about stuff to do, uh, that was no, that was verboten. We was like, don't even bring it up. Like one one time, he did a kick song. I made a challenge. I, I said, look, man, uh, good songs are good songs. Take this kick song and make it make it your way, and see, and it'll be good. And then he did that kick song, which was fucking incredible. It's a song called Cold Blood, and his version was cool. He made the kind of a little bossa nova out of it, which was sweet. Um, but I, I like I never would have thought he would do a Steelheart song. Like, I mean, what the fuck? But, but he did apparently on this week's show. And, uh, I know our good friend Jimmy O wrote to him. and was like, dude, look at you stretching your vocal, uh, techniques or whatever the fuck. And so that's more than enough to get you to go ahead and check out this episode of the Flem cat podcast, because you love what he's done in the past, but now he's, he's busting loose. He's breaking out. He's expanding the walls. Uh, he's pushing the levels of his voice. Uh, as Phil Spector stares at him from behind glass, plexiglass, and just he just keeps staring at him, and, D- and Dave just keeps trying to fucking <laughs> make it work. David's just like, I can do this for Phil Spector. Why not? He's staring at me. Or maybe there's like Turner slapping the shit out of him, telling him to fucking do it. Why are these dead guys coming back to his house and making him sing like this? Because you know what? They love the show. They love the Flemcat podcast. And again, like I said, he's the king of kings. He probably ran up to him up there. He's like, hey, guys, what's going on? And they're like, because Ike Turner and Phil Spector, no doubt, are hanging out together both being mad at Tina Turner. There's clearly that's what they're doing in heaven right now. Phil loved her for River Deep Mountain High, but then uh, he also turned into a fucking wingnut with a crazy ass fucking popper hat or whatever the fuck it is. I forget what they call those things uh, for hair. 
he looked like one of the hair bear bunch. He truly, and I'm not even joking. Like that, that seems like, ha ha, look at comedian trying to be cute. No, I'm being serious with you. He looked like a member of the hair bear bunch. Google hair bear bunch. Google that stupid picture of Phil Spector and go, holy shit. This guy looks like the leader of the hair bear bunch. Yeah, that's exactly what you'll say. It'll be involuntary too. You won't mean to say it. And you'll also fight now. Your every fiber of your being is going to try to fight against it. It'll be involuntary. It'll just leap out of your mouth. Holy shit. This guy looks like the leader of the hair bear bunch. And then you're going to be like, Jesus Christ, why do I know all this? And you're going to say to yourself, you know what? Because it's in my DNA, the hair bear bunch and Phil Spector and all this, because Mike put it in there. Mike injected me with all of this. I've got the 40 year old boy thing running through my veins and I have to fucking vomit it out on everybody. Why is blood coming out of your throat? I don't know. Please don't ask. Uh, what'd you have a chicken sandwich? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Did you go eat a chicken sandwich and have a fucking, uh, a blooming onion? So our friend, David does this podcast. People love it. The Flem cat podcast. Go ahead and check it out. Also, you can go to his Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash David Max Hernandez. You know, I should, I, does he plug me on his show now that I wonder about it? I wonder if he does. He should certainly. Uh, I don't know if he does. He doesn't have to. Why would he? Nobody plugs me. Uh, there's no reason to, Hey, you want to hear a guy fuck and dribble a basketball? Go listen to the 40 year old boy podcast. That guy can't even choke down a chicken sandwich, but boy, oh boy, could he do a fucking Euro dubstep and crossover while he's deep, deep in fucking pussy. You guy can do it. He's there. You ever Euro step into a pussy? Listen to this fucking guy's show. He'll show you how to do it. God damn it. All right. Uh, so our friend, David, he's fantastic. Uh, facebook.com slash David Max Hernandez. You can also hire him to do artwork as if it's, you know, the other shit isn't enough. He's doing steel hard songs. He's got a guy named Derek. He's doing amazing podcasts, but he also turns on artwork that you can pay him for. He'll do oil colors, oil colors, no watercolors and oil paintings. Uh, he may sculpt something for you out of rice krispie treats. I don't know how he plans to do it. Maybe he'll flash fry something for you. Not unlike the people I went to visit in Hollywood. Go ahead and hire him to do anything you want him to do. And I'm going to tell you right now, he's going to fucking do it because there's, I've never met anybody who could, you just said, Hey, do this. And he's like, cool. And he fucking does it. And he does it better than you could have fucking imagined. He's the guy. Facebook.com slash David Max Hernandez. Hire him to do whatever you need him to do art wise. And you're always going to be fucking happy with it. Always, always. I'm going to sip some water now. Ah, good. No, no ice cube. All right. Uh, paranoid strain, the Flimcat podcast. You know what? Let me ask you this. Have you ever thought about hiring me for cameo? Have you ever? Have you, have you ever? Have you ever? You want to hire me for cameo these days? Maybe you do. Uh, cameo, if you don't know what it is, it's a, uh, it's a ridiculous app. You can download it to your phone or you can go to bookcameo.com and you hire people to say things to you in private. I suppose. I guess it's kind of public. Um, But not only this, look, you can hire me to tell you that you're a cool guy. I'm happy to do it. You can hire me to tell you that you're a lovely woman. I'm happy to do that as well. But here's the thing. Get this. If you got $20, 15 of which I'll wind up with, you can actually hire me to tell your enemy he's a fucking jag off. I can do that. I can tell your boss to to stop stepping on your neck, man. Get your boot off my neck, whitey. Uh, whatever you need from me, I can do it. Do you have, you want to do a gender reveal? I can do that shit. Uh, here's what, here's what I will do. I'm promising you this right now. I, I make this promise to you as a grown man. If you want to do a gender reveal, I will do a, sh- a regular cameo where I'm talking and then I'll say, Oh, excuse me. And I'll pretend that I'm uh, drinking something and it will be blue cake icing. And I'll, I'll just dribble it out of my mouth. Like Gene Simmons right in the middle of firehouse. Uh, oh no, God of thunder. He does the firehouse is the flame. I'm not going to spit flame on your cameo. No offense. Although we used to do that. When we were kids. Um, 
Lenny and I would fill our mouths with a with a fucking Bic lighter. We, you'd put the lighter in your mouth and you light it and go, and we would blow fire with lighters. Uh, it's it's not recommended. It's not smart. It's pretty probably dangerous. I would imagine. Uh, since you're putting gas in your mouth and then spitting it out essentially, but it's just, but it's air gas. I never filled my mouth with gasoline and did it. I'm not a psychopath. Uh, but we would literally, and I remember we would do it and my mom, her lighter would like run out of fucking shit. And she'd be like, why is this fucking happening? And we'd just be like, Hey, cause we were blowing fire while you were asleep because <laughs> we're fucking weirdos. But I, I can still remember the taste of it, first of all, the metal on your your lip, but also you put it in your mouth and you, you hit the little red thing because you're not, you're not rolling the wheel. You're just hitting the red thing for the gas. And then just the, it was that noise, like into your mouth, you're filling your mouth with gas and you had to keep air out of your mouth clearly. And then you, you just light the the lighter. You had to, you couldn't use air. You had to, you had to like blow. I'm, I'm trying to show you again, not a visual medium, but we would just, you couldn't let it roll out because it would burn the fuck out of your face. So you had to kind of push it out with your lips and it would just, it would make a big, uh, a little fire cloud, uh, which was pretty fucking sweet. Um, the point is, I guess I'll do that on cameo. I wasn't gonna, it wasn't just, wasn't the whole point of this that I won't do it, but I will. Apparently I will do that. Uh, I, <laughs> I'm saying Gene Simmons does it in firehouse. Yeah. Uh, I was going to dribble out cake icing, blue or pink, whatever the fuck you want to do a gender reveal. I can do it. Or I can just do the kind of gender reveal where I just tell people, how about that? Without any visual aids, without me having to spit cake frosting all over the fucking place, take a shower after your goddamn cameo, you selfish motherfucker. Who the fuck do you think you are? You're going to make me scrub up after your cameo. Uh, but I'm teasing. I'm having fun. Hire me for your cameo, please. That would be great. I would love it. I'll spit out whatever you need. I need $15. Hire me for shit. Uh, so I will, uh, I'll blow fire. I feel it. You know what? Now that I think about it, that might be a fun TikTok. Look, I've never done a TikTok, but like I said, I'm watching all of these TikToks. I'm like, you know what? I got to get on the fucking bandwagon, but my worst fear here, and I'm, it's not even a worst fear. It's, it's, it's the thing that haunts my entire life. What if I do it and like everybody's like, ah, who cares? You know what I mean? It's just like, and, and rightfully so, you know what I mean? I'm just reviewing people as they eat soup or whatever the fuck. I, I like, I've long had an idea for what my first TikTok will be. And I've just recently started thinking, well, I should just do it. I should just do it. Uh, but I need a prop and I can't find the prop. I've been looking all over the place for the prop and I cannot find it. Eventually I will. And when I do it, that may wind up being my first TikTok. But now that I think about it, the lighter thing might be a pretty good thing to do. Although now I have a fucking goatee. I don't know if that's a smart move. Why not fucking <laughs> setting fire? To, actually, you know what? No better way to go viral than setting your face on fire. That's a good TikTok to start off with. But also I got to admit, if your first TikTok involves you setting yourself aflame, setting the bar very high, clearly setting the bar too high for future TikToks. Unless you want to just go through the whole recovery thing of having third degree burns on your fucking mouth. Hey, guess what I got? I got a cinder tongue. Who wants to see that? Look at me lapping it out there. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I burned a fork directly into my tongue. I look like one of those fucking Jim Rose circus idiots. Um, I'm sure they're lovely people. Just look, just because you have frisbee lips doesn't mean you're not a nice guy. Just because you have ear gauges the size of fucking 18 inch wheels. That's fine. If you want to put mag wheels in your earlobes, go right the fuck ahead. Oh, God, look at this guy. He he cut off his fingers and replaced them with salad spoons. What a crazy dude. Put him on before the boa constrictor that swallowed a child. Uh, what's this? An elephant that shits on a guy and then the guy bathes in it? Oh, hire him for the Jim Rose Circus. These guys are fucking weird. 
uh, wait a minute, this guy plucked out his eyeballs and replaced them with olives and tattooed olives, uh, the, the eyeballs onto the olives. I love this guy. Hire him. Fucking weirdos. Uh, guy puts his hand in a garbage disposal and grinds it up and pulls out a bloody stump. Ta-da! <laughs> That's the show. Wait a minute, wasn't there supposed to be some sort of trick? Or wasn't he supposed to escape or be elusive? Nah, man, he just ground the fuck out of his left hand. He's right-handed, it's fine. Uh, but he just, that was his trick. He just went ahead and look, it's a fantastic act, but you can only do it twice. Uh, <laughs> uh, grinds his fucking head into a bloody stump. Ta-da! Screaming. All right. Uh, what am I talking about? Cameo. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Hire me for do that. I won't do any of that shit. That Jim Rome circus nonsense. Ah, so stupid guy tripped and fell at face first into a tackle box. And now he's a fucking host of a circus. Fuck off. Um, all right, guy, look, man, if you're not safe around magnets, I'm not going to trust you with my entertainment dollar. I'm going to be honest with you. If you, if there's a chance you could possibly lose a lip to a magnet accident, I'm not, I'm not coughing up anything to step in your big top. If you know what I'm saying, (laughs) let me tell you something. All right. I'm, and I'm, I'm being honest now. I am fucking delightful. I mean it. I mean, I am just fucking great. And and I look, it's my own fault because I don't tell anybody about it. But holy shit, let's you know what? Let's just keep it as our little secret, shall we? Let's just go ahead and keep it between you and me that I am the fucking funniest guy on the goddamn planet off the top of my head. And it's funny. I was just today questioning it. I'm like, oh, man, you know, I don't know if I'm funny anymore. What the fuck? He's so stupid and whiny. Uh, but then I come up with this nonsense. Look at all the dumb shit I've said here. This is hysterical. And you still got two hours left with me and Lily. Oh, that's more of a discussion than a comedy show. But still, you got a bonus hour of funny beforehand. So step the fuck off, Gigantor. Uh, <laughs> cameo. Hire me for it, right? Why wouldn't you? Don't you want to hear me ramble on like Led Zeppelin rambling on? Uh, and I'm, by the way, I will put a bustle in your hedgerow for an extra five bucks. <clears throat> Don't be alarmed, man. Uh, I'll just be sprinkling on your May Queen. <sighs> oh, my, my throat made a noise there. I apologize. I can't edit that out. Maybe I should. Um, all right. Cameo. Hire me. Book cameo.com or put the app on your phone. And uh, I don't care what you got. What is it? January. We're not even close to graduations or anything. It was Martin Luther King Day. I'll give you a stirring message. What if you just booked me for a cameo and I read the speech? The I have a dream speech. That'd be fucking great, right? Wouldn't that be good? That wouldn't be. I wouldn't go viral for that instantly for being a fucking idiot. Um, Yeah, it's President's Day is coming up. I think uh, Eddie Van Halen's birthday is on the way. Hire me for any of those things. I'm happy to do it. Hire me for Eddie's birthday and I'll just, ah, oh God, I'll wax rhapsodic, wax rhapsodic, waps, I'll wax rhapsodic about my attachment to Edward. I got to be honest with you. I, right now, I have a, a goatee hair that's gone rogue and it keeps hitting my lip when I talk and it's driving me crazy. So if you hear me pausing, it's because I keep trying to push it with my tongue away from my lip and I, and then I'm like, I just want to yank it right the fuck out. I, I, but I don't know which one it is clearly because obviously there's a bunch of hairs here and I'm just... Uh, and I don't want to pull the wrong one out. Have you ever done that? You got some shit going on and you're like, oh man, I got to yank this eyebrow out. It's too long. And you pull out four eyebrow hairs with the long one. It's just still taunting you. Uh, that's it. I'm not using my eyebrow trimmer, which I also own because like, I'm a civilized human being. I'm not just yanking them out like a fucking caveman half the time. Uh, but occasionally you find yourself like I, uh, you've been, in, if you've ever been in a car, you don't have a nail clipper and you got like a, uh, a rogue hangnail or something like that. 
Uh, I, I will tell you this 98% of the time. I don't fuck with it because, um, as we all know, I'm, there's, it's a famous comedy bit. A guy named Rick Reynolds did it. A bunch of comics have talked about it. That thing where you're biting on a hangnail and then you tear it up all the way up your fucking arm. You know what I mean? You don't want to fucking deal with it, but sometimes it just drives you crazy. Sometimes you're like, I got to get rid of this fucking thing. And so then you try to nub it off and you're trying to bite it and trying to bite it down to the quick. And you're trying to figure out how to make it work. Uh, so that's how I'm with this goatee right now. Like I'm, I'm. It's just, I don't know what this, there's one hair that's dry. I don't know what it is. I'm trying to look, I'm feeling, don't look, it's not visual. God damn it, shut up. All right, nobody cares. Hire me for Cameo. See, this is the kind of thing I'll talk to you about on Cameo. You want to talk about rogue chin hairs or lip hairs or whatever the fuck? I'm happy to do it. Hire me for whatever you want me to do. I need $15 is my point. Uh, and, you know, I tell you, if you don't want to hire me for anything for just and just send me $15, you can go to PayPal and do it. <laughs> Why not? Go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com and in the upper right-hand corner. MikeSchmidtComedy.com, by the way, is a haunted house at this point. It's so non-updated. It's just it's just an embarrassment, but I have no money to update it. And it's just fucking grim. So then when I go to it, I'm like, well, oh, this is kind of cool. And you go to another page and the fucking bio is is like an eye chart. It's so fucking destroyed and over. Uh, it's what a mess. All right. Uh, but if you go there, the it's a function. You know what it is now? It's just a bank teller. It's just a fucking, you know, walking up to the plexiglass and getting $20. Uh, if you go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com in the upper right-hand corner, there's a donate horn boy. And you click on that. Uh, it's the gateway to PayPal. And then you can send me a chunk of money on there. Like I said, if you don't want to hire me for Cameo, you can just go ahead and send me dough on there. Or you become a Patreon, Patreon, a Patreon patron. Why wouldn't you do that, right? Go ahead and sign up for Patreon. Uh, and be a patron of this show and the rest of the stuff I have going on, stand up and whatever the fuck else. And now you're like, when's that happening? Well, go ahead and listen to Lily's show that or the show with me and Lily coming up. You'll hear all sorts of announcements, not really announcements, but I'll be whatever the fuck, who cares? Uh, <laughs> click on the horn boy, uh, and become, oh, you can go become a patron. Uh, fuck. How ca- I can't talk. Uh, so much fucking in the other room. Go to Patreon doing this slowly now go to patreon and become a patron of this show that would be lovely and it would really uh, help me out thank you so much for thinking of me i'm glad our good friend justin just readjusted his pledge uh he doubled it which made me very happy he's super nice to think of me and he doesn't have to do that sort of thing and yet and yet and yet he does consistently uh here's the thing he's a he's a this is who justin is justin is a guy who uh he just adjusted his patreon he like i said he doubled it monthly uh, he's, he's sent me money like three other times this month because he's just, he's just a good man and he sees me as a wishing well and he's just throwing money in and going, ah, I wish this guy would get his shit together. And <laughs> he tries to see what happens. <laughs> this bottomless wishing well. What the fuck? All right. Uh, so become a Patreon over there at, uh, become a patron over there at Patreon. Fuck me, man. Uh, you know what? Fuck. You don't want to do any of this. Why am I even talking? Uh, book me for cameo. Uh, let's just start over, shall we? Uh, do you know I'm part of the Misfit Toys Co-op? What if I did? I started all the way from the jump. Um, I am started the mis- uh, part of the Misfit Toys Co-op, though. Uh, I am very proud of that. And also the podcast, Paranoid Strain, Flumcat Podcast, Cameo, Patreon, PayPal, all of those things exist. And I have two channels. Did you know that? I've got a couple of channels. My own, I have two TV channels. I guess I really have like fucking, if you think about it, I mean, Facebook could also be a TV channel and TikTok could be. And as I told you, oh, my goodness, I have so much on deck there. I can't wait. I can't wait to burn my face for all of you on there. Um, right now, I have two channels that you can check out. The YouTube channel, 
YouTube.com slash the 40-year-old boy. It's got all of the archives of this show. Go ahead and check it out. That'd be fantastic. I'd appreciate it. Makes me happy. Uh, and I, I do have ideas for other things that are coming up. Wouldn't it be nice if you were a, a person who followed over there? And it, look, that doesn't cost you a fucking thing. Click a button, right? Just become a follower of mine over there at YouTube. And like I said, there's all sorts of archives of this show that you can check out and check me out doing stand-up from 2010, maybe. I don't know. Jesus Christ. Uh, but it's out there, and it's worth it for you. YouTube.com slash the 40-year-old boy. And also, folks... Uh, I'm at twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy where I just do extensive movie reviews about movies that have just come out and nobody's seen them. Or I talk about the popular blockbuster of the day. Like uh, I talk about Megan. Oh my gosh. I'll tell you what. I don't really. Um, <laughs> I did see Megan though. Uh, you know, here's the thing about Megan. It's fun. It's fine. It's, it's a fun way to go to the theater and hoot and holler. And that's all you're looking for these days, isn't it? But as I mentioned before, there's this, this thing going around. It, and, it, and again, I'm old. Please recognize that I'm old. Where people are just, they, they, they're touting things that are just good or, or kind of mid and calling them the greatest thing they've ever seen. And I understand that's every audience is different. Like I said, I, I thought this with Smile when I saw Smile, the, the horror movie. It's fine. Uh, but again, the trailer, the scariest thing in the movies in the trailer. And that was such a fucking drag. Uh, but there are a couple of things. There are a couple of moments in the movie that are great. It, it's but it's just OK. It's I mean, it's just it's an old it's a horror movie that when I was a kid, you would rent it at Blockbuster and watch it with your friends and be like, what? Uh, but these things where it hits the zeitgeist and everybody goes crazy about it is like, is it just, I don't know. And I want to, again, this could just be me literally proclaiming to you that I'm out of touch, that maybe smile is great. And I just didn't see it. And I've just, my tastes have gone so the other way that it doesn't really land with me. And I guess Megan could kind of be the same thing. Uh, Megan's fun. It is. Uh, but again, the issue is I saw the trailer in the movie theater. I didn't watch it online. I, I, I'll watch one trailer. If I see one trailer and I'm like, okay, cool, I'm going to see that. And then I don't want to see any more about it. So I saw the Megan trailer uh, when I saw Amsterdam, maybe. I mean, it's been a while. This this fucking trailer has been out for like, it was out for four months before the movie came out. And uh, maybe it might have even been with Smile, for fuck's sake, when I, when I saw it. But I saw the Megan trailer. And the theater loved it. Like it, it was, it was one of those things where you knew it was going to be a big deal because the theater went crazy for the trailer. Like they laughed and stuff with it. Uh, but in the trailer, I saw she does the dance, the crazy dance that became the viral thing on TikTok, and actually had flash mobs of dancers. And then I don't know if they were hired actors who went in and danced in the theaters before the premiere. Which whatever the fuck, good for them. Um, although my throat made another noise, I apologize. Um, but also there's a, I don't want to give it away if you haven't seen it, but there is a, there's a couple of decent scares in it. One of them's in the trailer and you're like, oh man, if I didn't, if I didn't see that, if I saw it in the movie instead of the trailer, I would have gone fucking crazy because it's a really, it's a really neat thing that they did. And I don't want to give it away, uh, but it's fun. But if like, if I hadn't seen it in the trailer, it would have been like, yeah, dude, that's great. Um, but they just, you know, they fucking because sh- and also here's the thing. If your trailer is a whiz bang fucking success and it's fucking amazing, that's great. But just make sure you're only giving us don't give us every great thing in the movie for fuck's sake. And I will say overall, 
the the performance of uh, of whoever the fuck was Megan because it's it can't be a little kid. It must be trickery that they used unless it's a little person that they want up using it, uh, making as Megan. Uh, but she was live and you believed it and but also believed it was still a robot or a doll or whatever the fuck. It was great. I mean, her performance was fucking great. And then Allison Williams, this is actually kind of funny. Allison Williams is to take in her niece and she's the worst parent of all time. And she should be because she, you know, in watching it, I'm like, I kept laughing because she was just so fucking desensitized and wanted nothing to do with this kid. But it's it's real because her whole job was her whole life was her job. Her whole life was her work. And clearly she had made a decision that she wasn't ever going to have kids and she didn't fucking care. I mean, even there's even a nice throwaway line in the beginning where she sends a she gives her, you know, the kid has a toy and the her, you know, the the kid's mom says well, she works there. Why the fuck? You know, she probably didn't pay a fucking dime for it. And it's probably true, you know, because she's a woman who's at her job all the fucking time. She doesn't want to go out and get some other bullshit. So she just sent her a free fucking toy from her fucking work. Uh, because she was like, she doesn't care about kids clearly. So then when she takes the kid in, I saw some people complaining cause they're saying, Oh my God, she's just a terrible mom. And I'm like, yes, she didn't want to be a fucking mom. She worked in a lab and she was building shit. She's a fucking huge success. She doesn't want to have to take some kid in. now it uprooted her entire fucking life. There's a scene where she's on the cell phone and she's just like, I don't know if I could do this. Like, and the poor girl's eating cream of wheat in the next room going, what the fuck? I'm so unwanted here. And the woman's, and you are, I mean, clearly you were, nobody expected that shit to happen. Um, so I liked Allison Wayne's portrayal. Um, and it was funny because at the first she, I, she looks like the smile chick and the smile chick is somebody's daughter, somebody famous. But Allison Williams is also a famous daughter who got her ass eaten on fucking girls on HBO. And I had never watched literally. I never watched one second of that show except for the 15 seconds of her getting her ass eaten. And I've probably watched that clip a hundred times, um, mainly because I was being held kidnapped for ransom and they kept showing it to me, trying to scare me. It was like clockwork orange. They pried my eyes open and I said, I don't want to see Allison Williams get her ass eaten over a sink. And they said, yes, you do. <laughs> and they forced me to watch it. God damn it. I will tell you this and I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you a spoiler alert, but I'm going to tell you this about Megan. Allison Williams does not get her ass eaten in this movie. It's it's because you're expecting it clearly because that is her calling card at this point, but it does not happen, which I got to be honest with you. If, if, and because that opens up a whole other fucking thing of this movie, like this Megan doll, because I was in Japan. All right. And I told you, I saw children sex dolls. You know what I mean? Essentially, these tiny little and they're not they're not billed as children sex dolls, but they're like, hey, what if you had this baby, this doll of your own to take care of whose mouth works? You know what I mean? You're like, oh, Jesus Christ. And hey, if you get tired of her blonde hair, here's a head. You can detach the blonde hair one and put on a fucking brunette one. Wouldn't that be fucking great? So it's it's clearly, in my opinion, I and it was in a sex shop. So I mean, I, you know what the fucking thing's designed for. And in Megan, that's kind of, you know, you, you're not thinking about it the whole time, but you do catch yourself thinking like, cause the whole thing is it's, it's a doll for kids that imprints on the kid when they get it and in your brain, you're just thinking, yeah, I, I gotta be honest with you. There's a whole other audience out there for this fucking doll. I know, I know you think you're doing a good thing and the kid's going to bond with it, but I get the same fucking creepy feeling about the milkman who's going to buy one and take it home. That's right. He drove all the way from 1940 to buy this doll and bring it to his house. Uh, but go see Megan. It's fun. See it in a theater. Uh, cause people go crazy for it. It's really neat. But at the same time, 
Um, it's it's not. It didn't change the world of horror, and it didn't make everything. It's just it's a fun movie. Go check it out. Uh, look at that. That's my that's my debut TikTok. Me reviewing Megan. Um, I also have so I have another channel called Twitch.tv. As I was just mentioning, I don't review movies on there, but Twitch.tv slash the forty year old boy. Perhaps I should. Maybe that's what I should do. I should put on glasses and a sweater and a tie like Ebert and get a skinny bald guy to sit with me on my Twitch stream and I'll harangue him with my opinions. Uh, Twitch.tv slash the forty year old boy. We're we're getting into the home stretch of God of War Ragnarok. Um, in that we've just started Ragnarok. So that's the war to end all wars. And we're heading into that. And we're, and also we're leveled up now in a way where we don't like lose fights to fucking every guy we meet. And in fact, we kind of fuck everybody up and our weapons are tricked out and our armor. It's really, we're, we're pretty powerful and it's fun. We haven't been able to handle the berserkers yet, but eventually we will. Uh, but right now the war is about to start Ragnarok. So if you want to tune in, I'm streaming usually at four o'clock in the afternoon, Los Angeles time, but, uh, you can join my discord as well. Did I ever post my discord? I don't know if I did. Nobody wants to join that. Um, but perhaps you do. And then you'll always know when I'm on because I do update the discord and tell people what time I'm going to be on or because my life is no longer my own. Sometimes I get booked for something at the last minute. I have to run out and drive somebody to the airport or do something. And then it turns out that I'm not, uh, I'm not there. Uh, don't bother trying to find me. I'm not there. But if you follow the channel, then you'll always know when I'm there because you get a little notification on your phone. You can follow and subscribe. Subscribe. That actually is the same deal as sending me some cash. Or you can just use your Amazon Prime and subscribe. And then Jeff Bezos has to send me five bucks. Teach him a fucking lesson. Um, or you can just follow and that's free. And then you just get notifications when I'm on and it's totally cool. I'd appreciate it if you did that. All of that is uh, available at twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy. Check it out, won't you? I know I will. Uh, I probably won't. I got to be honest with you. I will not watch my own Twitch channel. What the fuck am I going to do? But there's so many clips of me being funny. I should share those somewhere. Wouldn't those be great? You know, me with sharing things. Uh, look, I'll happily share my lunch with you. My God, I'll, I'll have to share it with five people at the lunch that I, <laughs> I bought a month ago or whatever the fuck. Uh, all right. So there you go. Misfit Toys Co-op, Cameo, Patreon, PayPal, via MikeSchmidtComedy.com. Uh, the Paranoid Strain people are fantastic. Dana and Fearful Jesuit. Uh, the people over there at the Flemcat, Derek and David, they're also doing a fantastic job. Uh, Twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy. YouTube.com slash the 40-year-old boy. Go check all of them out. There's your plugs. And uh, and hey, guys, that's my that's my segment of the show. You guys ready for your headliner? <laughs> all right. It's me and Lily. And uh, you'll get an update on jobs and interviews and life and what I'm doing and where I'm going and where I'm headed and wh- how many nooses I've made. I've constructed out of <laughs> measuring tape. Uh, all right. We'll see you guys next week. Oh, wait. No, we won't see you next week. Uh, we'll see you in a minute. Yeah, don't leave. There's a whole other show after this, for fuck's sake. Ah, ridiculousness. All right, I'm going to go listen to people fuck. See ya. Sounds like a burner. No, problem. it's not. Sounds like a burner Let's not issue. use this. Let's not use this part. Sounds we'll like edit somebody this part out. Has a burner account. Uh, Why well, didn't say it was you? Hey, what's <laughs> happening, Mike Schmidt? For what you, the? Podcast. How dare you? <laughs> No, I said somebody has a burner. I did not specifically say. I don't say, have a burner account, though. Will I you don't. listen to words that are coming out of my mouth, Chris Tucker style? I never said it was you, did I? I never said. I said somebody here has a burner. I didn't say it was Lily Von Stuck, did I? I don't know who does. Oh, well, there's only two of us here, kiddo. Do you have a burner account? I don't want to talk about what? it. How dare you? Why? What would you possibly? What?
How dare I can't believe you'd even bring this up. Uh, it was just funny to watch you get all squiggly there when I said you got a burner account. You're like, um, well, um, gee. Well, I don't. Um, no, I don't. I have I have a second account on Facebook because I know my account is eventually going to get killed because I've been nude too many times on there, according to them, even though I've never been nude. Well, I knew you had a second account because yeah. I was friended by Shelly Von Lupp, which I was like, <laughs> all right, this is this is not. That is. This, Shelly Von Lupp is not. You're not fooling anybody, quite frankly. <laughs> My backup account, you can't have boob as a word because I was going to be boob Dini. My backup account is boo Badini, which oh, I no. think is hilarious. You know, I got to be honest with you. I was at Maggiano's the other night and I had the boo Badini. Delicious. Oh my God, is it terrific? Yeah, get some garlic bread on the side, just tuck it in there. <laughs> oh, it's so good. The boo Badini. <laughs> uh, hey, what's happened? I'm Mike Schmidt, 40 year old boy podcast. <clears throat> it's been a while since we talked. Uh, you know, I was here a couple of weeks ago and I did a three hour and 15 minute show and oh my Lord, I turned into chewed gum afterwards. And also I won't lie to you. Uh, you know, my brain was, I was, cause again, this is, this is what I should want to do and care to do. And this is what I should concentrate on. Right. Um, but I, I had a plan. I had a 2023 plan that was exciting. I, <clears throat> I had a plan. I had a, I got a list. I got plans. I say this all the time. <laughs> And uh, 2023 was upon us, and I'm like, here we go. Let's go. Let's implement this. And as I mentioned in the last show, if all of you have gotten through that three hours and 15 minutes, uh, I can't even rock bottom right because <laughs> I was down to selling my plasma, and they told me no. Um, <laughs> that was th that was a plan. And, uh, and another plan uh, was uh, grocery stores. That was a plan of attack. As you know, I was going to start going to uh, – uh, well, more, more, not less a grocery store, more of an outpost, if you will, from what I understand from the title <laughs> on the sign. I don't want to say what it is, but uh, uh, there's several outposts all over Southern California with the most Byzantine ninth circle of hell parking lots you've ever experienced in your life to the point where it's embarrassing for me to even bring it up because yeah. every I'm sure every open mic has at least one guy who does it. It used to be a real standard, uh, although I haven't been in rooms like that these days. But uh, but boy, oh boy, the the parking at those places is just because I would even when I would when I'd set up my interviews, I would always and I thought this was going to get me extra points. I thought I was a genius because I'd say, uh, hey, uh, can I park in the in the in the actual lot or do you want me somewhere else? And they go, oh, my gosh, no, you can park in the regular lot. And I go, OK, I go, because I know normally there are people out there selling those spaces because they are mm -hmm. they're probably the most prime real estate in Los Angeles. And they'd laugh for parades like, oh, this is exactly the fellow we're not going to hire. <laughs> um Listen to this outrageous uh, stuff coming out of this guy's mouth. We certainly couldn't get him on board and have him in the building. We couldn't have him brighten up our customers' day as they're buying fucking string beans. No, why would we want that? Let's have the grim visage of everyone with their head down as they come in out of the rain and nobody's here to give them a verbal sunbeam to warm them at their fucking cockles to make sure that they're having a good time shopping in our fucking store. Let's send this guy out in his fucking petard. God damn it. Uh, that was at least the, it's the vibe I got. That's the vibe. Well, actually I didn't even get that vibe. I got a vibe, dude, you, well, you know, Lily, cause you've, I've talked to you, uh, throughout this experience. Um, the saga concludes today. I, uh, you know, I, I, I've had six, I've had six different interviews at three different Trader Joe's with different, with varying levels of executive. I never made it to the mountain to speak to Joe himself. However, I did speak to... <laughs> I spoke to as many people as were there. Uh, I spoke to people in Hawaiian shirts. I spoke to people who had pens. 
I was I finally got to talk to somebody with a clipboard at one point. I mean, I talked to I spoke to people at card tables. I spoke to people in break rooms. I spoke to people standing uh, uh, by the uh, sitting on the loading dock. I spoke to all of these people. And and quite frankly, when I left, there was a trail of pants behind me because I had charmed them off everybody. Clearly, <laughs> I was I was someone to be loved, someone to be respected. Uh, all of these things are true. You know what I was not to be? Someone to be hired, someone to be brought into the solid bosom of Joe himself and given the opportunity to earn a standard wage in one building and have 20% off groceries for a while. Nope, couldn't possibly be arranged for that. I am. I have been banished once again to a mobile workspace. <laughs> I, That's what I, I'm going to call it. I think that you may have been onto something when you said that um, they found out you had a podcast. And the reason I'm going to say this is I am currently on um, employee hell TikTok, I guess, Yeah. where uh, anytime a video goes viral, someone is called into a corporate office and said, now we know that this didn't happen on premises, but you know, you can't do this on premises in the future and don't ever go viral when you're on premises, even though they weren't on premises. Yeah. My fear is. They don't want someone that has a social media following at all to be working for them for fear something will go wrong and you will talk about it. Well, that was mentioned in one of the interviews yeah. with, the, with the with the 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 what I felt again, I'm just going to say this. I don't know if I talked about it on here or not. I spoke with this woman for almost an hour. She was she ran yeah. the store and it was a one on one me and her on a loading dock clipboard face to face in aluminum chairs. And I mentioned it on the show here where she said, uh, what's your show about? I told her. I said, it's my life, but exaggerated for comedic purposes, you know, but I literally talk about everything that happens in my life and I have for 13 years. Yeah. And uh, I, she was yeah. like, and she said, well, you know, uh, we'd have to make sure you signed something to make sure you didn't talk about something here. And I said, it was very nice meeting you. I appreciate you having me in for this meeting. And we both laughed. Now, if she had said explicitly, hey, man, there's an NDA if you work here, I would have I gone, cool. I yeah. would have signed it because, again, and I've said on the show here before where I was like, you can't tell somebody they can't do something in their comedy act. You can't somebody, but if you sign an NDA, that's a completely different animal. You can't tell yes. me not to do shit until you make me sign something binding. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that could really truly be most of the problem. And that sucks. Um, but, but, but it also. I, but, but let me tell you something. The very fa- look, I'm just going to fucking say this. You're selling fucking taffy. You're, you're not, there's no government secrets in your fucking building. So for you to come on like a stiff prick with this, uh, well, you couldn't possibly comment on what happened here. What, the time the cereal fell down? Oh, no. Well, I, I, I tripped over a box of puffins and I can't fucking mention it on the goddamn air? Fine, I get it. But again, and I'll sign your piece of paper. Like, I'm Mr. Pink. Hey, man, you want to vote on something? I'll vote on it. You got a piece yeah. of paper? I'll fucking sign it. <clears throat> but as, as far as this non-talking about your fucking job bullshit I got for you, I got two words for you. Learn to fucking live with it because it's gonna not going to fucking happen that way. Well, it, it's exhausting. The, it's like... The- the chick that got the chair thrown at her at the Waffle House. Well, she's a bad example because now she's worth like $200,000. She was fired. Yeah, fine. Into a world with open arms calling her a chair warrior. Waffle House princess warrior. And she's got like a fucking, she's like cameo now. But again, of shit. they just don't want anything. They don't want any PR. I think because most companies are doing so much bad shit, they just don't want it out. And it sucks. Yeah, I, I, so I, I think the last time I talked to you guys, I had one other, I had one interview left, maybe. I, I don't know. I don't know if I had done the, 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 
the whatever I so I did <clears throat> I did the I talked to that woman for an hour and then they called me she said you know well you know by Friday but maybe by Monday and I said great they I didn't hear from them and then Monday I was uh, about to jump in the shower and I heard my phone ring and I was like oh because no you know nobody fucking calls me who's calling yeah. me. And I was like, cool. So I, I jumped in the shower. I, I, I decided to take a happy shower. I'm like, all right, this is awesome. I want to be clean when I Wait, call Wait, you didn't back. jump to the phone? Of course not. I'm naked. <laughs> uh, so I'm like, all right, what? that's bad luck. So I said to myself, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get clean. I'm going to scrubby dubby. I'm going to do that. And also, you can't look like fucking total, like, thirsty motherfucker who's like, yeah, what? <sighs> you know what I mean? I, I, I figure, you know what? You give him a buffer. You give him give Because I'll call him right when I get to the shower. It's 15 minutes depending on what song ends and what song is on when the shower ends, when I'm finished. Oh my God. Um, that's the I truth. You know, know I, they did not hear you. Not I can't stack that. that shelf. This song is playing. No, no, I would always make sure I got to work on time because I would arrange a playlist where I would be able to get out <laughs> on the perfect song. As I've said, I cannot get out of the shower if it's a bad song that 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 forecasts a bad day. If there's some song, like if, if Metallica uh, fucking Fade to Black is playing, I can't get out of the shower because that means I'm going to kill myself at some point. You got you're gonna you're you're doomed to live the life of the final song on your playlist. So I have to stay in the shower until a good song plays. I've taken 18 minute showers because of this. I've stayed in the shower and made it happen. <laughs> we I've talked about this what by year whatever the fuck. <laughs> so I like year whatever the fuck. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, that's what I've decided to say at this point. It's so I, year. sure enough, I got out of the shower and I looked and uh, no voicemail. And that's when I went, oh, that's probably a bad sign. That's a bad sign. Not not even to say, hey, man, it's us calling. Why don't you give us a call back? Like there was no there was no message. And so I knew I knew at that point. So I, I called them back and and. And I got like the absolute jawed curt response, like, you know, right off of a piece of paper. Hi, we welcomed your interest here at the grocery store and we were loving, we enjoyed speaking with you. However, uh, we had so many people to interview and it turned out that we're not going to be able to go forward and we wish you, you know, luck in your future endeavors. I'm bullshit. Like there, I, and I was like, and I, I knew it, but at the same time to hear it from, from, I wanted to say to her, you talked to me for an hour. So obviously something you had, there was something there, man. I mean, clearly you were interested because I can't imagine she interviewed every employee for a fucking hour. Now, look, did she maybe know in 10 minutes, this person's perfect to stack peas. Maybe she fucking did. But all I know is I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me, right? You talked to me for, because dude, cut me loose at 20 minutes at that point. Because if you, if you see it's not happening or, you, or you're worried about the podcast or any of that fucking bullshit, cut me loose. Because then part of me thinks, because then we talk about, you said about me saying stuff on the air. Well, I did recount the interview and about when I said to her yeah. about the, you know, it's nice meeting you, which was a, a joke, but maybe they didn't think it was a, I don't know what the fuck. I don't know. All I know is they, uh, I, I, in my brain, I was like, how do you, and so I said to her, I go, well, can I ask why? I thought we got along pretty well. And she yeah, said, uh, we're, we're, well, no, they, they could, I, they choose not to tell you. There's no law. No, they can't, they can't tell, tell you. you. They, they can't tell you because the moment they tell you, you could sue them for not hiring you because you're big they yeah. can sue you for not hiring you because you're you know again we we can take a million things but the moment we tell you why we don't hire you that's when you can sue us because uh, it could be something other than there was a there was a better fit is the answer because it is <laughs> but honestly i think it had you answered the phone call you might have that job <laughs> think so huh that, that's what it was. that was the whole difference no. of it well foolish me uh yeah i don't i so i so it's, i had 
like I said, when I interviewed with that interview, yeah. I had a second interview at another location already scheduled. And when I asked her, I go, hey, do I go through with this other interview? And she's just like, why? why? Yes, of course. We can't yeah. offer you in a position right now. If they offer you a position, take it. And I'm like, all right. I, which also, I guess, should have been a hint, maybe. Um, but then I went and interviewed with those two dudes. And they were nice guys. Again, that that, that place is like 12 yeah. miles from my house, though. So it would have been a 25-mile round trip every day. And I would have been like, uh-huh. But I don't, whatever the fuck. I needed a gig. The whole point was, look, again, <laughs> I just I just wanted to work in one spot. Yeah. And get, like I said, the, the, the what, it's not union, whatever the fuck, but there were raises every six months. And I was, and, and truth be told, again, again, as we all know, I, I, I'm not sitting here going, ah, oh, finally, I can work at a grocery store. I mean, nobody, yeah. nobody in their life does that shit, I don't think. Um, and so, so I'm not, I'm not wiped out, but I am pretty fucking, I, because I, because I'll say this, uh, I know people who were hired almost immediately. I know people personally who were hired almost immediately and at, at rates higher than they were talking about hiring me for it, where you're just like, all right. I, and then, so then this is the thing is it brings in the creeping bullshit of like, what did I do? And when you mentioned the thing about the podcast, like, cause again, I talked to her for over an hour and then yeah. in my brain, I'm like, all right. It, I, I have to admit, it makes me laugh thinking that she actually went and found the show and listened to it and then went, oh, yeah, no, this isn't the guy. Which I don't it, even it, know that she went and found it. I don't. I think she just has to be concerned. <laughs> Whatever. I, I guess. I don't know. I, I don't I don't believe that you have to be concerned because, again, I'm an adult. All right. I, I'm, I'm, if you talk to me about something and you say, Hey dude, we don't do this. But, but you have a, you've got a, you've got a two hour rapport with this person. You don't have a lifetime of, because again, I've had to hire and fire people when I was working at Shin and it's, it's very much a, as I look around who's working here right now, what do we need to fill this in? And sometimes it's like that person is too perky. <laughs> that person will disrupt the flow of what's happening in the shop. And that can be, that can be a problem, not because you're too perky and that's a terrible thing, but because everything is status quo. And if you bring in something that's going to rock the ship, somebody's going to start talking too much and not getting their work done. And it's not even going to be you that does it. And you have to balance all of those things and it's stupid and it's terrible and it's horrible, but you have an ecosystem of personalities to get food out or to get peas on a shelf or to get, and it is not easy to go, is this the right person or not the right person? And you often make mistakes. I'm personable. I'm kind. I'm friendly. I agree. And, I, and I'll follow your, I even, cause that's, I even said to them, uh, I said, look, I, I, Whatever you're, what, because they would say, when do you record your podcast? Is that going to interfere with anything? I go, no. I said, I said, listen to me. My schedule is yours. Yeah. I go, if you tell me to come in at two in the morning, I'm here. If you tell me to go home at midnight, I'll go home at midnight. I go, I wouldn't be in this room talking to you guys if I wasn't serious about coming somewhere and, and following your rules and working this job. I go, I, this is not a lark. I go, I'm, I'm not, you know, I yeah. said, cause I, and, and they were everybody, again, everybody seemed to understand it, whatever the fuck. It's just, it's just, <laughs> you get, I'm choosing to spin this in a way of like, well, look, dude, you didn't want to fucking do that anyway. You know what I mean? You were, I was doing it as, a, as a sacrifice to finally go, you know what? Fuck this. This is, it's time you need to do this because again, look, man, things are, I won't lie. Things are really crazy over here, yeah. <laughs> like financially and otherwise. Cause again, I have been looking for a gig now 
since September. Yeah. Uh, August, when I, I almost got the bouncing gig and, and I, I was going to do that. I was going to bounce there. And then there was a security thing at a hospital. I went and talked to them and that looked like it might happen. Uh, and I didn't really want to work security, but then when my friend wound up working, he's like, you should do try this. And so I tried that and it was, you know, honestly, this is, you know what, this is their fucking fault. I'm going to be honest with you because they do this thing where they're like, uh, you, you apply online and it's like, all right, well, you'll hear from us in two to three weeks. And so you, you sit and you wait, but I mean, I, I, I waited on the first one. I talked, I told this fucking story and they finally come, they wrote me a note. They go, we're not even going to interview you. And I'm like, what the fuck? So then I applied like five more. But you have to remember, you should be applying at 500 places because you're not going to get an interview at all of them. But every time I got, well, okay, every time I get called by these fucking places, they, they're all, they, I mean, they're talking about how unbelievably, like the, the one location was like, yeah, man, we really need people. Like you might hear from us tonight because we have a lot of people that are, yeah. even, and even when I did the job fair thing in Santa Monica, they, we could be hiring people on the spot and you might be working the next day. And I says, great. And, uh, and then I went to, you know, I made it to card table two down there. I didn't even make it to the fucking bonus round or whatever the fuck and got out. I, I listen, but there's also a, a thousand reasons why they are ill-prepared to hire people too. And again, yeah. we still have the PPP loans that people are, we're still looking to hire people where we can't get enough staff. We can't pay you back Yes, because we can't, you know, so there's a million reasons why they're also wasting people's time on top of it. Yes. I, um, I, again, when I met the woman in Santa Monica, she's yeah. been like, yeah, I've applied at three different ones and, yeah. and she was really lovely. I mean, I really liked talking to her and I was like, you, you seem great. And she's like, yeah, right. <laughs> and, meanwhile, and so I guess I, that should have been a harbinger. We went to Walmart and literally there were, there are more self checkouts than there are aisles at Walmart. I was shocked when I saw that. I was like, "Oh shit!" Um, they're they're again. Nobody wants to work, but we're replacing those jobs that don't pay too well because we don't want to pay more. The, the well, economy also, is is a it, it, we are in an ecosystem of not symbiotic relationship right now. Well, whenever I go to a grocery store and they pull that shit with the because yeah. you know I look I always use the self checkout. You know why? Because I only have like six things. Yeah. If I get a cart full of stuff, I'm going to visit a person. Then that's yeah. fine. They can handle it and bag it up and all that stuff. But also, those are union jobs. Yep. Uh, grocery and bagger. Those are all union. And so when you go into your grocery store and you see four checkers, you realize it's because they they are parsing out the hours. Like this, you know, Trader Joe's. They they said, look, there's the most we give anybody is 37 hours a week or whatever. And it's like, oh, okay, but but they still take care. They still have an insurance plan. And you got to work yeah. this certain thing, whatever the fuck. But still, they won't. They don't give you forty because forty is the titular number where everything is, you know, everything green lights that kind of thing. Yep. Um, and that's how it is when you go to these Ralphsters. Like I, I will tell you this: I went into Ralphs uh, two weeks ago, week and a half ago, and I walked in and there was like a just a bunch of people like milling around, which was fucking weird. So I went over and I got my stuff. I was only getting four things. I grabbed them all, put them in my uh, carry bag, and I go to the front. And the people are still milling around. There's no checkers. There's none. This is at like 830 at night. There's no checkers. And, and so everybody has to do self-checkout yeah. and a manager comes over and he's just like, and he, I heard him, I, you know, I don't, I don't care because again, there's no point in getting mad at that because it's not like if you stamp your foot, they're going to make a checker out of fucking pork chops and put them behind the thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I you get, you would. fucking, wait, wouldn't that be great? Yeah. yeah. I picture like the pick when Homer Simpson made a fucking, made a thing out of him in a bucket and a mop with a recording of he works hard for the money. Remember that? Yeah. To stand in at his fucking job. But what are them behind the counter? But, but it was, it was there. So then the manager was explaining to somebody that, there were only two checkers one that night because one had called in sick 
one had not shown up and they have to give breaks. And mm-hmm. and the way he was saying it was just almost in this rueful way that, uh, we have to give people breaks. And I'm like, yeah, you mm-hmm. got to give fucking breaks, dude. It's how the job works. And also it's a union thing, but he, and he kind of like was pivoting that way. And then the person that was talking to him was like, ah, oh, breaks. But you can see that there's so many people out here. Why don't you give them, let's, you should break their break up in like 10 minutes, 10 minutes or whatever. And I'm like, fuck oh. you, dude. Where do you work? Let me come to your work and demand that you break your lunch up into fucking 10 minute increments, you fuck. It's so, because again, everybody is, everybody's empathetic or sympathetic in their homes. Maybe not, but the people who are, but then they get yeah. involved in a, in a jackpot. And then they're just like, what the fuck is going on, man? And then they're yeah. furious. Um, but my favorite thing about it was that people would rather mill around and look at one another and huff and puff and snort and shrug their shoulders and talk to the manager than get on the fucking self-checkout line and check their shit out and get the fuck out the door. But I don't want to work at a grocery store. I also am disabled. And so it infuriates me when I don't have someone to help me. But I'm going to ask you the most important question there. Did you ask for a job application before you left? Fuck no. Who wants to work at Ralph's? Jesus Christ. And I'll, I, let's put they it this way. literally need a checker. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is, no, they don't need a checker. Mm-hmm. One was sick. One didn't show up and there's two on break. But if one didn't show up and one is out sick, they need a checker. I'm not buying the manager's yeah. side of this. I'm I'm sure something was going on. There was some COVID or something. They're understaffed. Kind of that's that's right. what's going on is they're but, understaffed. And, yes, but know. they're not going to hire me as a checker. I think they're going to they hire me. No, that I think would be they great. should have right there. You know what you should have done too? You said, I'd like an application. Watch this. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. I know I how to do buttons. transactions. Done. I would Look like a job here. Just checked myself out and I bagged my groceries, but I didn't do yep. that well. Don't even think about hiring me as a fucking bagger because that would be that would be the death of me. If I literally <laughs> went back to the first job I ever had and now I had to get that now. And and also because, again, as I've said on the show many times before, baggers are they've they've realized that baggers are just putting stuff in a bag and they're not important. So it's like they hire, I told you, there was a guy with a hook for a it hand. Inf- who was a it bagger. infuriates me when they bag my groceries. There was a guy with a hook for a hand as a bagger at my fucking Ralph's a hook. He had a hook for a hand. I know what you did last summer was bagging my groceries, this fucking guy. And I got to deal with that I mean, because again, and every, and unfortunately they'll have like autistic people. But, I've talked but about did he the show. bag them well. I, I didn't buy any melons, so it didn't turn out to be that big of a problem. You the know reason I mean? that I ask that is where I go, there are three people that are baggers. And every time they see me come in, they run because I've had to say to them, you don't put Comet next to cheese. Yeah, but but you're never going to win that fight because that's something they were told. They should have been told when they got the job. And that's, because, that's why they run. Eddie but bags because, yes, but me. because yeah. they don't think <clears throat> enough of these baggers. Then the baggers yeah. look. It's it's. I would love you to bag my groceries because it's you the would truth do anywhere. It. Yes, I know how to do. I've done it. For, I did it as a kid. I do. I do it. It's. You know what I was doing in my house the other day? Dishes. I was washing my dishes. Just you know, and, and it's never too much. It's always a couple of bowls and a cup or whatever. Because I don't, you know, I don't let them stack up. I'm not a monster. And then in my brain, I was just like, because I used to do it in a restaurant too, where I would have to do it with the power washer and all that kind of shit at the pizza joint. And. uh and it just dawned on me. I'm just like, you know, there are people who don't have no idea how to do dishes. There are people who know, like one of, one of the first times I ever li- moved out and I, one of the first people I ever lived with didn't know how to do their laundry. And I had to tell them how to do it because I grew up in a house of, you know, my mom's at work. So we did all the laundry. We started cooking yeah. chicken. We did the dishes. We had chores. We had a vacuum and fucking dust. We had all that shit we had to do. And then you meet people who are just, they have no fucking idea. Like they just, they, and I truly believe that's why they invented those pods. 
because everybody's stupid and doesn't know how to put how much fucking, you know, it all turns into the Brady Bunch and everybody's drowning in suds and like, what happened, duh? Well, now they've got it in a nice little bite-sized container and they can put that in there and nobody fucks it up. It's just, it's, people don't learn shit. And, and, and again, I have never been more grandpa than I am right now at this fucking point. Um, but, but I... Again, with the bagging, like you just said, you go to, all right, all right, dude, I went to the AT&T store yesterday. All right, I, I was there just yesterday. Uh, my battery is fucking dying. I, I've talked about it. And now it's getting, now it's really bad. Like, I have to put it on low battery mode when it charges to get to 80%, and then it turns itself off low You just keep mode. a battery pack with you attached to your phone at all times? No, I just, I keep it on, I keep it turned all the way down, you know, the screen. <clears throat> yeah, because I keep a battery pack, and I keep my, when that was happening, I would just keep my card, my phone connected to the battery pack so it was charging with me at all times when i go and to friends, by the end of the day my external would be dead yeah if i go to a friend's house now i actually bring a charger like with <clears> a, with a, with a okay. the little block that i plug what's it gonna wall. cost you to get your your thing well i wouldn't know i wouldn't know because i went to at&t store yesterday uh-huh and uh i have a friend of the show ken uh lives in in uh, canada great guy i stay with him when i go up there and last time i was there my battery was fucking up and it was just starting to because it was like I hadn't updated the iOS, so I wondered if that was what was fucking with the battery, because that'll happen sometimes, and yeah. you're not upgrading the battery, whatever the fuck. So then even though I updated it, it started to kind of monkey around a little bit. And I have an iPhone XX for okay. anybody, anybody's reference point. And, um, you know, because what I do, truthfully, uh, I don't scoop up the newest thing that comes Neither out, because I, yeah. I, I, the only thing they're improving is the camera. That's it. And, and I, I'm not an influencer yet. So I'm not exactly out there taking a bunch of fucking photos and shit like that. Yeah, exactly. Selfies and snaps. So I'll take photos and things, but it's, yeah. I don't, I've never found them. I've never looked at them and gone, oh, this would be better with a, you know, a new camera, whatever the fuck. So I, I've, I have, I had an iPhone five and I had it fucking forever. And then the tens came out. And when the tens came out, I was like, all right, man, it's been five years, you know, yeah. it, and I like, it was bigger. It was a bigger phone. So I had to buy a new case, the whole fucking project. And I'm like, all right, well, I, I can do that. I don't know if I like the bigger phone. In a day, I loved the bigger phone. I was like, this is so much better than the 5. I loved it. So I had the 10X, and I've had it since then. Well, now we're up to, what, the 14 they're on. Okay, so it's been, I'm due. What I have, yeah. In a year, I'm probably due. But the battery is is racing me and going, you're not going to be able to wait, buddy. So when I was in Canada, I told Ken, and Ken gave me a phone that I think, I don't know what, what it is, but it's the bigger one. It's whatever you have, like a bigger yeah. one. So it might be a 13. Okay. could be a 14. It's taller than my 10. And it was a work phone for him. And he's like, look, they bricked it. So I can't use it. Uh, you can take it and make it your phone. He goes, you know, whatever you got to do to do that. He goes, or you could probably even harvest the battery out of it and, and put it in yours and whatever. But here you can have it. And I was like, that's amazing. Thank you. So that was in, what, July, I think, was when I was in uh, Canada. Yeah. <laughs> so, right, so, uh, so here we are now in January and I was like, Hey, that sounds like a good idea because my but phone it's an is iPhone, now, right? Yes, it's an, it is. It's an, as I said, I think it's a 13, but the thing is there's no SIM card in it. So I can't even look at what it is. It won't even. So give me were you setting. going to put your SIM card into that phone? That I, I don't know. That's my point. I was like, cause he was saying, just make this your phone or you can probably take the battery out of it and put it in your phone, which is fine. But the point, my point is it's been on my desk for six months. I so what happened at the ATT store? Shut the fuck up. I'm getting there. God damn it. <laughs> I'm telling a story in, in levels. God damn it. You're muted. You're so muted. We can't hear what you're saying. I'm sure you're saying something crazy. Um, no, I'm getting to the ATT store. That's the, my point is 
I waited until now the battery, my, my phone flips like an old television set with rabbit ears. You know what I mean? Like when you touch it, the screen blinks and shit. And I'm like, boy, I better fix this. My point is I've had this for six months. I could have done it right when I got back from fucking Canada, but it's another bullshit thing that I put to the side and went, well, I'll take care of that whenever. And now that I fucking desperately need it, I'm like, boy, I better go to the AT&T store. Okay. So now yesterday I went to the AT&T store after <laughs> six months of having this thing where I could have done it. But now this is because this, my point is it's a metaphor for my life. I don't do anything until I have to fucking do it. I could have gone right when I got home and done something with this. I didn't. I let it sit on my desk. And, and yes, I had to charge it yesterday to bring it in there. So I charged it, charged my phone. I was ready to go. And uh, I went in and I, I walked and I go, hey, look, man, I'm an AT&T customer. All I want to do is put my SIM, SIM card in this phone or the battery. I got to figure out what to do to make this phone my phone from this phone. And the guy's like, uh, all right, sir, if you have a seat, we'll help you very soon. So I go and sit down. Because I don't know if you know this, my AT&T store is located in Armenia. And they are, they are, it is, I, by the way, when I walked in, it, it sounded like an after hours club. Like there's people being helped, but also it's, they are playing their, the music that they fucking love. And it is like, and it's, it's fucking got that Skrillex. And I'm sitting there like, what the fuck is going Cause it was loud. And I was like, this is really weird. And every dude there was Armenian. They just were all the guys were who were going to help you. And it's, it's the, it's the stereotype. You go in any stereo store, you go in any one of these fucking joints. And that's, that's who you wind up talking to. So I'm waiting at the, at the table. And here's the, again, this will tell you that I walked in there with my battery was at 93% when I walked in the door and I sat down and I scrolled waiting for them to get me. By the time they came to help me, it was at 61%. So I had lost 32% of my battery in 15 minutes sitting at the table, scrolling through social media. That's, that's where we're at. So, uh, the, I, the guy goes, okay, what could, what can I help you with? And I don't want to say his name because you might go there and see Andre, but Andre's there helping me. And he's like, <laughs> what can I help you with? And I go, well, I just want to turn this phone into this phone. He's like, all right, well, I, that is, that is fine. Uh, is there a SIM card? And I said, well, there's a SIM card in my phone, but not in this phone. And, uh, he goes, okay. And he pushes the thing and he goes, what is the code? The, the passcode for the new phone. I don't know what the fucking passcode for the, all I know is Ken gave it to me and said, here you go. You can use this. I didn't realize because he told me it was bricked. I didn't know you still needed a passcode to get into the phone. So now, now I look stupid and I've waited to the last fucking minute. Now I'm at the table with the guy and I go, fuck. I go, dude, I don't know. My friend's in Cuba. Hold on. So I have to go to WhatsApp on my phone. And then when I take it, I realize this guy's taking the SIM card out of it already. I go, no, you got to put the SIM card back in my phone so I can get this guy on WhatsApp. So now it's fucking who's on first. He takes the SIM card, puts it back in my phone. And, and he's just, the worst part is he's literally just standing there looking at me. And I go on WhatsApp and I type a note to Ken. And I'm like, dude, what is the passcode for this new phone you gave me? I said, I probably should have asked before I came to the store, but I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm the smartest man alive, clearly. I go, I know you're in Cuba. I apologize. And uh, unbelievably, he saw it. I, I don't know how he saw it. And he just wrote me back and he goes, oh, yeah, it's, and he gives me four digits. And I go to put it and I go, I go, dude, it's six digits. <laughs> I'm like, it's just like, what phone do you think you gave me from the, from the 2000s? So thankfully he gave me the right code. Okay. And I punched it up and I go, all right, Andre, here you go. And it opens up and he goes, and then he, he takes my SIM card out and he puts it back into that phone. He presses the button and it comes up and it says, 
for customer and it has Ken's email address. It's as open as Ken or open as someone else. And so I went, all right. So I pressed open to someone else and it just started spinning and spinning. And the guy goes, yeah, I, can, I cannot help you because we cannot access phone. I go, wait, doesn't my SIM card just turn this into my phone? And he says, no, no, I, you, you must be able to sign in. And I go, all right, well, I just tried to sign. He goes, well, I don't know what that program is. You need a new phone. And I said, well, I have a new phone right here. It's fine. And he goes, no, you must, you must get new phone. Clearly you need new phone. And so I text the Ken. I go, they're telling me I need a new phone. I go, they're all scratching their heads like chimps because they have no idea what the fuck <laughs> is going on right now. And Ken's like, I, I don't know what to tell you. He goes, they can bypass that. He goes, there's probably some tech guy who can just go ahead. And I go, I go, well, they're telling me there's not and that I need a new phone. He goes, that's bullshit. Go to a smaller like store. There's got to be some guy. Yeah. So now, so now I'm in the cast of sneakers. You know what I mean? Now I got to call Redford and fucking, I got to exhume the, the fucking corpse of River Phoenix to break into this phone to make it my own. So I'm like, I don't, is that true? And I look at Andre, he goes, no, you need a new phone. And he goes, he calls his friend over and uh, Dimitri comes over yeah. and Dimitri's like, oh yes, new phone. And I go, well, I, I go, I think I have a deal actually, because you know, I'm, I'm a customer, AT&T, it should probably be linked to my account that I'm, I'm doing, you know, I'm doing new phone and you guys owe it to me. And he goes, oh no, 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 you must buy a new phone. And I go, you can punch me up. Here's, cause, cause also, oh, I forgot to tell you this. When I sat down with Andre, he goes, all right, uh, you're a customer. And I said, yeah. And he goes, what's your name? Uh, what's your phone number? He didn't even ask my name. And I put, put my phone number in and it popped up and he goes, I need your ID. And I was like, all right. And I opened my wallet and uh, he goes, no, I need you to take it out. And I go, all right. And I handed it to him and he fucking scanned the back of my driver's license because I have the real ID. Mm-hmm. And he scanned that to pull up my information. And I go, why are you doing that? And he goes, what do you mean? And I go, I gave you my phone number. My account popped up. I saw it. He goes, no, it's just, it's a step we need to do. We need to see ID. And I go, why? And he goes, it's just, it's just what they do now. Like there was no explanation. And I foolishly, I handed him my fucking license. But like in my brain, I went, why the fuck do you, the at the AT&T store, it's not even like my personalized guy. You know what I mean? It's the AT&T fucking store. You're right next to a subway. Do I have to get them my driver's license to get a fucking cold cut sandwich? No, you don't need my, fu- but I gave it to him stupidly. I just handed it to him. I guess I didn't think he would scan it. And then he scanned it and some more shit popped up. And then in my brain, I was like, is this some sort of safeguard in case I'm tra- trafficking in fucking stolen phones? Like, what the fuck could it possibly be? Um, I, I don't know. I couldn't think, but he, I stupidly, I gave it to him and he scanned me. And then, but then I said, okay, well, you scanned my ID and you got my phone number. You see, I'm a customer. He goes, well, we can't, we can't look, you must buy a new phone. Like, so if you want to buy a new phone, we have a deal. And I go, no, no, I'm due a phone. I've been an AT&T fucking subscriber for fucking 12 years, 15 years. And they just, they tried to get me to buy a new phone. I go, I, I'll be back. I just walked out. Like I was like so mad because I didn't want to start screaming at anybody. What? What are you going to say? I, I am in shock at the way you were treated there and you should complain to AT&T. Did you come home and pull up your AT&T account and see if that you're eligible and what you're eligible for? Because you can order it online. You don't even have to go to a store. I can't well, remember the last time I went to a store. <laughs> um, truthfully, I, I knew walking in the door what I was eligible for. Okay. Because I, with the battery problems, I've yeah. had to, I've had to be up to date on what I'm eligible for. Yeah. Um, and I can, I can get a, a 14, but it's, it's not free. Um, it's like, there's 40. nothing free. You're not eligible for any further upgrade to a 12 to, even. May, maybe it changed. I, I don't know. But the 14, it was, it was an extra 40 bucks a month on my bill. Cause I think and, you can probably get something for $5 a month more. Well, I'll check, but, but I knew I was eligible for a phone 
but they wouldn't even look at it. The dude wouldn't even look. He's just like, no, you must buy a new phone. You must buy, uh, you know, we have these over here. We have, the, and I'm just like, what do you, I don't, dude, I'm not buying a new phone. I go, I, and I, I was like, I have a new phone right here. I, I mean, yeah. cause this is a, this is a brand new fucking phone. And uh, yeah, they, they would have. And so, but my favorite part is then I get outside and Ken's just like, yeah, man, go find some guy to just crack it and he'll go ahead and be able to bypass it. And I was like, I don't, I, I, all of a sudden now I'm on, I'm getting the knock list from mission impossible. I get a hand from the <laughs> ceiling and shit like that. Fuck that. Just, just fucking, I, I just want a phone that works. That's it. It's all I want. I don't want, and I hate feeling like that dude who's just like, you know, I just wanted one thing. Yeah. And look, I, did I wait to the final fucking minute? Yes, I did. Uh, did I, so now, and, but that was the worst that is that I got a, so now I still got this fucking phone. I don't fucking know. So then, you know, me, I'm fucking lazy and in my brain. I'm like, I should just order the fucking new phone from the website. Who cares? Just get the new phone and don't even worry yeah. about it. Um, but then, I'm sorry. I've got a dog visiting right now and it's barking and I'm trying to think, does it need to go out or does it? So let me just text my roommate real quick. Okay. Sorry about that. That's okay. I saw you taking off your earbuds. Yeah, because I'm like, is that the dog whining or is that a video game? I can't tell. It's weird to have two dogs in the house right now for a couple days. It's right, overwhelming. Well, I was going to bring this up and yeah. and uh do your thing do whatever you got to do no 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 i just texted rob and i said hey can you just open the door check on them because they're in my bedroom right now but i, I yeah. think they're whining um so he'll probably just let them out and they'll be fine well i he'll text again, me back if it's more truthfully so i was going to ask you about this because again um you know i don't see lily very often you know we talk once a week and then we'll text back and forth but i don't i don't go to her house and stuff and it's not like I'm hanging out over there. And I saw you post a picture of a fucking dog. Yeah. And I, and I was like, what the, cause aren't you, all right, look, your, your whole body's a minefield. Like, you know, inevitable, you have no cartilage <clears throat> yes. left. Uh, your blood is the consistency of rice pudding. Like, I, I don't know what's going awry with your body. Is introducing other species really a good idea at this point? Well, here's what it is. I have wanted a pet for a really long time. And when I was at Tim's at the restaurant for a magician lunch one day, he was talking about the fact that he was heading out on a cruise. And he goes, do you, do you want to come over and take care of the dogs at all? And I'm like, hold on. I'm I, sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. Uh, is this your soup? I'm just, I'm <laughs> magician lunch. The concept of magician lunch. Uh, I could not enjoy it more. I just love the idea of sitting there yeah. and they bring you a covered dish and you just giving the side eye to the guy. And you're like, if I open this and there's a fucking dove under here, I am going to fucking kill you. Like clearly that's what has to be done. So oh, look at this. Uh, they bring you don't please don't order the rabbit. They will bring it in a hat. Uh, I, I, is this your soup? <laughs> I'm sorry. Magician lunch made me laugh. Go ahead. It's okay. I it's okay. So <laughs> then I found out he was going to be gone a lot longer than I thought he was going to be gone. We went back and forth. And finally I said, bring the dogs over. I'll keep them for as long as I can. And if I can't, we'll take them back to your daughter and she can take care of them. And then. where did he go? He's on a cruise to the Panama Canal. Okay. Um, so long story short, we've had the dogs here for a couple of days. Um, it's been nice. Um, they're not terrible. They behave pretty well. Um, but they need a lot of attention and that's the biggest problem hey hang on what's up what's up rob yeah i can't have them in here i'm doing a podcast yeah they did did they go i'm sorry did they go out and go that's potty? okay i don't know okay and they're just they're just whining yeah all right just leave them here it's fine just leave them here this we'll is just, what it's, come it's to. okay this is uh, what the show well, has come you know to, it is what it is i got two roommates and he's got to take a nap because he's got a late gig
So they're just going to sit on the ground in here with me for a while. Who's got um, a late? Who's got a late gig? Rob. Rob. Everybody works. He's making okay, balloons. Boys, He's boys making sit. balloons. Boys sit. Boys sit. Sit. So there are two dachshunds. They're absolutely adorable. But again, they they want a lot of love. They want a lot of attention. Eddie is cleaning up after them. I just have to open the door, let them in and out, and then they just climb up and snuggle with me. Unfortunately, uh, Eddie thought it would be funny to buy a squeaky toy. Come here, boy. Come here. How would come here. Uh, come here? How would you know if a dachshund was sitting? I've seen them. They're very low to the ground. I'm, I'm gonna. Like I'm gonna sitting. let. I'm gonna let Dale get up on me right now because you can see it in the video. Dale the dachshund. The this is oh Dale. my goodness. Oh, Dale has a brown nose. Chip has a black nose. Um, they are absolutely adorable. They are wonderful, lovely dogs. But um, Eddie bought them squeak toys, and uh, it's bad. Uh, that one has a grunting pig, and the other has a squeaky chicken, and it is just all the time now. Well, it used to be like that when you guys were fucking. That's so you got that true. different bed. You got that That's different bed, true. and it changed everything up. Uh, all right, so Chippendale, which yes. again, I just enough with the twee bullshit. Just, just <laughs> don't. I'm so over cartoons and horse shit for adults i mean the other day like i'm watching well, football no, the they're named day. after the furniture chip and chippendale chippendale the, oh good lord no they're not clearly they aren't come on that's the worst joke from the chippendales ever that was not bad <laughs> yeah um it is, yeah they chippendales it is named after the furniture uh, it is a high class chess club i, I don't was know watching you know the history of that don't not at all oh the um, chippendales the strippers it was named after the furniture because it was originally a chess club I whatever see. And then um, they murder each other. So, yeah, watching... so I've had dogs around the house and it's nice. That's what was, it comes down to. I was watching football the other day and in the, in the, at halftime, they were like, and now the moment you've all been waiting for, here is the trailer for the new Mandalorian. And I'm just like, I don't I don't know who has been waiting for that during the football game, who in their right mind has been going, ah, I can't wait. Now, look, did I also watch the Ant-Man trailer a couple of weeks ago and go, oh, cool. It's cool to see the Ant-Man trailer. Yes, but I, I wasn't. Do these people not have the internet? Do they not know that that literally seconds after it's on the television, it'll be online? They can totally see it there. Who is who's who's perched in front of their television on the balls of their feet, going, <laughs> "Oh my goodness! Finally, I get to see what Baby Yoda does as he flies around in a frisbee with a guy with a helmet on or whatever." Not the Baby fuck. Yoda, it's Grugo. He's right. Baby Yoda forever because you know what? That was the biggest mistake they made because when he was giving Baby him Yoda, a name. Yes, because as Baby Yoda was like, this is awesome. How fucking hysterical is that? Because then he was cuter. But now he gets, isn't he like a thousand years old or some bullshit now? And it's Something like, like that. Oh, fuck all that. See, nobody wants that. I want a two-year-old fucking Yoda running around. That's fucking <laughs> cute as hell. I don't want a thousand-year-old Grogu. That just sounds disgusting. But it but sounds, it's... Like, sounds like something you got to get removed. Oh, this fucking, I got the thousand-year-old Grogu. I better lay the fuck down. Are you going to massage this dog the whole time? It is, it is um, I don't know what to Christ. do with them. Can you hang on? I'll be right back. I got to get sure. something for them to lay on. Can I still right. talk? Keep... Like, I don't yes, need you please. here, right? Okay. Tell more ahead. story. I'll be right back. Come on, Tell boys. more. Tell more story. Uh, you know, it's funny. When I started this show, I was like, oh, it's very important that it's professional. I absolutely, the, the most important thing, well, I, funny, clearly, is at the top of the list. But most importantly, I wanted to be professional. I never wanted to sound like I was coming at you from the bottom of a well. I never wanted to sound like it was, uh, and, and also, again, we get into the whole release date. It had to be regular. It had, people had to count on it. They had to make sure. And, uh, and look how far the mighty have fallen. Ladies and gentlemen, look where we've gone. I've, I'm talking to my old producer on microphone. She's now 
scrambling around and throwing a tennis ball to try not to be distracted by two dachshunds that she's babysitting from her restaurant job. As I tell you that I couldn't get in at a grocery store. What the fuck has happened? What? I, I just, I couldn't be, you know, you, you mentioned Sisyphus and he pushes that boulder up the hill and it rolls down and he keeps building the rolling the boulder up the hill. I don't think I'm Sisyphus in that, in that uh, fable any longer. I think I'm the boulder. I think I'm the boulder who kind of gets pushed to the top and is like, hey, maybe I'll stay here for a while. Zoom all the way down to the fucking bottom. I'm, you know, Sisyphus had to push the boulder up. I just get pushed up. I don't make I, I don't make any effort at all, as you know, from everything I've ever fucking told you. So now when you realize the Sisyphusian, Sisyphusian analogies that I make regarding the show where I'm constantly pushing the boulder up the hill and then it rolls down and I got to do it again. I think I'm the boulder in that analogy. I'm not going to argue with it. I think that's exactly who I am. So I... So to finish up in talking about where I went and what I did, I was going to the, uh, to, I didn't get the gig at the grocery thing. <laughs> uh, I had six different interviews at three different locations and it, it looked like after, like I said, when I didn't, I talked to the woman for an hour and I told her I had another gig uh, to interview for. She's like, go ahead and do it. So then I went and talked to those guys and they, they, everything seemed fine. You know, I related to them. And again, all of them, that was the thing that that's the driving force behind my disbelief, I guess, is the word that I would use. Uh, And it's not it's not even a case of like, hey, man, I'm fucking awesome. Why the fuck wouldn't you want me in there? Although clearly that there's part of that uh, involved in it with it as well. But it's it's the old I, I. I don't know what else I could have done. You know what I mean? That sort of thing. Unless unless I had come in. Who I'm trying, I want to meet the people who beat me out, that sort of thing. You know what I mean? Where you're just, cause it, and it just leads you to open your brain to all of these fucking questions where you start going, well, what did I do? And what can I do different? And what should I do different? And look, man, I've been on my own here for quite a while. You know, I, the one thing I did fail to do is when I made out the app for them, like I forgot to mention that I worked as a driver at baby blues. Like I never even, I it, it's these chapters just go away. And, and look, this is probably going to indicate strongly why I didn't get the gig. I think of myself as this, as a comedian and a podcaster and an entertainer and a broadcaster. And Baby Blues was just something I had to do to kind of to pay the rent for a while or, or at least chip in or pay for plane tickets to go, whatever, see my ex, all that shit. Uh, it was a job I needed to have because, again, once when Karen bailed, I was on my own. I had to make it work. And then you guys stepped up. We had the Patreon, all these different things came through. And then the, the job absolutely supplemented what I consider to be my real job, which is this. But when you do those interviews, you can't say it like that. And truthfully, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't lie. You know what I mean? It was like, cause I would not have gone ahead and applied at these joints if it wasn't the idea that I was going to give my, my time to them. Like they would, they would be uh, because again, this job, you know, this, I can do this whenever I can record at night. I can record in the daytime. I can do whatever we need to do. So I wasn't exactly telling them, uh, a lie when I said, I will arrange my schedule around whatever you guys need, whatever hours you need me, I'm available because then I can make this work on my own. Uh, you're back. Yeah. Okay. How did it go? Not well, but I don't want to talk about it. Did anyone fetch? Did anyone do any fetching? I, I, I don't want to talk about it. Hmm, sounds like there was some fetching involved. There was. All right. Well, good. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, well, look, man, I th- this is honestly, this is a record. This is the first time you've had to handle two wieners on air. <laughs> hey, you. <laughs> I mean, I was used to coming over after that had happened. <laughs> Got it out of your system, but this is the first time Fucking it's blood over into the actual broadcast. Oh fuck! 
Uh, well, good for you. Well, I'm glad you're, you got your hands full with wieners over there. I'm glad to hear aye, it. Aye, aye. Well, I, I'm envious. I'm jealous. I would love to have a dog running around over here. I would love to have I can give you two right now. <laughs> oh, stop that nonsense. No, because they're named Chip and Dale, which means they're insufferable. They're going to come in. No. And... They're adorable. Well, they they're beautiful. I just saw, we just brought yeah. up uh, Dale the Dachshund right there, and I saw him. He's a lovely dog. Yeah. Absolutely. And look, there's no, nothing they do is bad. I'm sorry. Dogs are inherently good, period. They can try whatever they do. It's there. It's the owner's fault. You need You need to get, I can get whatever the fuck, Cesar Romero, to go ahead and snap his fingers at him and go, tss, tss, tss. I don't know why the Joker's here, but likely <laughs> now that I think about it. <laughs> uh, whoever the fuck that guy is, it, it, the, the whispering guy, whatever the fuck, tss, tss, whatever the fuck like that dude uh he can only help a dog but i mean the dog is only in that place because the owner or previous owners have put it in that no dog is born yeah. bad no dog is born bad they are they're sherpa yes. that way my friends justin and mary in in phoenix who i go stay with have pit bulls they have two pit bulls uh mookie and funchess and they're they're beautiful and so friendly the two of them are just they jump on you and they're big dogs but they're total lap dogs they they want attention they want to play with toys and they are you know you people see pit bulls and just like and it's like fuck you man that's only if people make them something yep. you know what i mean dogs are yeah. inherently good period I, I like to think anything is inherently good period until it gets uh you know they, look it's the the age-old concept of nature or nurture or teach your dog to kill other dogs i mean it's clearly something <laughs> we've been debating about forever <laughs> so i if you if you nurture this dog and you and you humor its inherent good nature yes. then your dog isn't going to kill other dogs you're totally fine the problem with small dogs is small bladders oh they're running around got to go in and out that kind of thing yes and again i let them out before we got on and apparently they were whining because they wanted to go out but i didn't hear them till right now and oh, so boy. yeah so one of them actually peed on my laughing garbage can so i'm very pissed right now <laughs> Of a, a laughing see again like i just said all right again your house you live in peewee's playhouse you always have so that's the deal it's like i i talk about chip and dale some guy naming his dog after fucking ridiculous cartoon guys but you have a laughing garbage can that they just ruined with their not urine. laughing I, laugh in as in rowan and martin laugh in i have a vintage oh. metal trash can and one of them peed on my vintage metal trash can. So I had to rinse my trash can out just now and wash it out with soap and water because the urine. And now I have to go back and dry it soon so that it doesn't rust. Well, and clearly so I'm not happy. Right I understand now. that. And clearly you have to let them know that that was not the thing to do. So you're just there's you no, have I no don't choice. know which one did. Well, you have no choice. You have to sock it to them. Clearly. <laughs> <Shut> it's <up>. Clearly. <laughs> You have to sock it to them both, I would imagine, because you don't like you can't hold one responsible. Um, Fuck you for making me laugh about this. I'm the oldest man in the world. I have every old reference locked and loaded. Whatever it happens, oh. you just, there you go. And yeah, I'll tell you what: so... you want to name your dachshunds? You name your dachshunds Rowan and fucking Martin. That's what you I, fucking do. I will tell you: if I had two dogs, I would do that. There if you I had go. Two dogs of my own, I would name them Rowan. Fuck and Martin. Chip and Dale. Such nonsense. Yeah. How dare yeah, you? Like, How Rowan dare and Martin you? Is so much better. Listen to me. <laughs> uh you don't you don't want to go hope and crosby that's just that's ridiculous yeah. rowan and martin there you go that you don't want to go laurel and hardy i just read some note who's the fat guy H hardy <laughs> oh right God. hardy's the fat guy thing right 
Look, they're comedy geniuses to some people, and whatever the fuck, that's fine. But for me, they're the number 10. Always the number 10. Oh and that's fine. So who's the zero in the 10? It's I, Hardy, I'm right? I'm not doing this with you. I'm Stan, being honest. Stan I Laurel is the tall, awkward. He's the one. He's the yes. one. And yes. then Oliver Hardy is the 10. He's the zero, the 10. Uh, and I just, but I'm saying, so again, I'm getting to a touching anecdote. I just read a note that, uh, that I believe was written by the one to friends of the zero after the death of the zero. And, uh, he was like, oh, this is a terrible thing. You know, he had the cancer and I feel awful about it. And it's a shame that this, that we've lost him. And, uh, and, and it's a handwritten note, which is like, you know, again, the most beautiful handwriting you could ever imagine. Cause this is what we used to do. Now I send texts to people because everybody's parents are dying. And I'm always like, I send a very heartfelt, meaningful text, but it's still shitty. I should, I should be sitting down with a feather pen and being, being like, dearest friend. You know what I mean? I should do that because that's what the one did. The zero died and the one sat down and he wrote a fucking note. And he's like, and because even here's, here's my favorite part. He writes this long note to talk about how we lost him and, you know, his family and da, da, da. And then at the end, he writes, I shan't, con- I shan't write more because I have no uh, heart for correspondence now, as I'm sure you can imagine. Love to all of you. I, you know, this long, this florid fucking, and it's, and it's, it's what we used to do in this country, goddammit. You used to really care. You would write a note and then you'd, you'd fucking seal it with your wax and then you'd stick it in a pigeon's mouth and you'd fucking send it off into the sky. That's how you used to do it in this country. Now we got electric bullshit. Fuck electric bullshit. Bring back the birds. <laughs> do you know I have moved to the phase of I now have stationery that says from the desk of Lily von Stubb. See, that's perfect. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't everybody do that? That's the fucking way to go. That's the way to go. So I send. That's how I send notes out. And we all need to wear dickies. Starters and that. Yeah, yeah, we need to wear dickies and have personalized stationery. That's that's the fucking way to do it. Not aprons and name tags, you fucking grocery store bastards! How dare you turn me down? How dare you? What a loss! What a terrible loss! I'm just going to say this: if your store burns down, it wasn't my fault. I wasn't there. You didn't hire me. I could have stopped it. I wish you enjoyed cooking the way you enjoy watching cooking shows. Eh, I, I, I mean, I enjoy, let's put it this way. I, I enjoy cooking with somebody. I know that's going to sound weird. Like yeah. in the times that I, like, I don't, uh, cause I don't care about myself enough. So I'm like, who cares a fuck about him? So I don't cook for myself. That's what I'm saying. But yeah. like when I've, uh, when I was dating people, uh, yeah. one of the coolest things would be to cook with them in my, I'm in my apartment or whatever and make a, a meal and stuff like that. That was totally fun. I liked doing that because then you're doing for somebody and you're going, Oh, and, oh. and also you're doing something. You're like, I'm good at this. I have a good recipe. I want to share it with you. And I want to see the look on your face. That's really awesome. I think you would be, and, and again, you know, I have worked at Shin forever, but I think you would be the type of person that would be a sushi chef that would make people so happy. Well, that's that's because you're enthusiastic, but you're enthusiastic about what you're serving. You know it well. You I mean, I I could see you working the rest of your life at a restaurant, telling jokes, making people happy and (sighs) filling their hearts and their stomachs. And I know that sounds so whatever, but I just (laughs) I wish you enjoyed that. I wish that those were things that you could find where you could take all of your talents in one and not have to work at two in the morning in a club with people throwing beers sushi chef is tough because because at that point you need to be you need to be part uh technician and yeah. part and part chef so you got to be you've got to be gordon ramsay but you've also got to be bob via you know what i mean you've got to yeah, I mean, slice I just... it perfectly you've got to put it on there everything has to be done uh it, it, 
in a, well, in a scientific way almost. Okay, so I'm going to tell you a quick story if you want one. I, well, of course I do. Holy I Jesus. had an incredible neo-burlesque party on Thursday night. Okay. We had the house full, you know, people bought tickets, they tipped, we sold drinks. It was wonderful. And then we had the Burns Night Dinner at the Mayflower on Sunday. And I went in on Saturday and helped prep food. Okay. Um, I can tell you, I do not like cooking. I have a yes. cooking show as a joke because I do not like cooking. I peeled <laughs> 40 pounds of potatoes and another 30 pounds of parsnips or turnips or whatever the fuck they were for the taters, <laughs> the tips, and the haggis. That is not, I will tell you this, that's yeah. not cooking, that's work. Yes. And prep so is work. Prep is work. And that's what I did with, with that. And we made the mashed potatoes from scratch and we did the, the parsnip parsnips which are the the you know the the appetizers and again it was it was fun to learn but it was not fun i hated every minute of it i'm not gonna lie plus i cleaned <laughs> a goddamn kitchen a commercial kitchen because we have a commercial kitchen in the mayflower um and the whole time i was there i was like you know i wish i could find a part of doing entertainment and throwing parties that i could do easy and still be a part of it which is why i was like I wish you enjoyed cooking because I could see you doing that. I could see you behind the counter, making food, serving it, having the comment. Cause I've been out with you to a sushi bar yes. and it is, it is a wonderful experience and it's experience that you can share with people, but man, that fucking prep and the, and Oh, again, it's brutal. I was it, a prep it, cook at, at yeah. a pizza place in, in Chicago and it, it is you you come in, there's a prep list and there's everything I had to make dough. Well, and we didn't have that, which I wish we did. Yeah, that, um, well, we that were, would make it a lot easier. Yeah, we were we were kind of not by the seat of our pants. We have a lot of recipes, but it was like not a lot of we've done this to make sure it works kind of stuff. Yeah, now you can't. And doing the back timing and the rushing and the pre-making and then coming in the next yeah. day. I mean, I spent three days at the club and I am I am spent, you know, um, sure. plus, you know, having to put the dishes in the giant you know, dishwasher yeah. that holds 14 plates at a time and you got service <laughs> for 45 and you got to wash them before and after to put them. Oh my fucking Christ. I'm See like, what, a, I, what yeah. a sushi bar needs to do. Here's what they need to hire me for. You want to hire me? I can't, I don't need to be a sushi chef. Uh, I need, I need to be the norm of your sushi bar. I need, when I walk in, everybody's like, Mike. And then I sit down and I'm, I'm just a gadfly. I'm just there to make you laugh and talk and, and, uh, Hey, you got to try that. You know what you should do? You should totally try this or whatever. Like I'm, I'm the, I guess a, a sushi sommelier with jokes, you know what I mean? Who's just like, Oh, this is super good. And then, you know, you get a plate and you both sit there and you're like, ah, oh, this is really good. This is delicious. Oh, you should try that. You know, I've had this actually, this chef makes this better than this. You know what I mean? Like I just engage people. Dude, I could do that all fucking night. That would be ridiculous. I was just thinking, I was, I'm, we're at the Mayflower right now. We're expanding stuff. Do you want to bring back 2020? <laughs> my favorite thing I'm is I'm like say jumping that. all over the place yeah, right now because I'm, like, I'm at the Mayflower in my head now. Okay. The Mayflower is a what? Oh, the Mayflower is a private membership club that I belong to. Um, it is a, it's a social club is what it essentially is. Oh, and, um, we're doing all sorts of different programming there. And, you know, I just did a burlesque show. We did a members bingo and I'm like, you know, we don't have a comedy show. A social club. Are you mobbed up? When did you yes, get mobbed up? I didn't know that, that, that I'm, was happening. I'm the mob. That's the scary part. I'm the mob. <laughs> Good Lord. All right. Uh, well then I'll bring in the gabagool. Let me work in the kitchen there. That'd be fantastic. Um, 
So it's a it's a theater. Like, what is it? Is it theater? So the Mayflower Club has a stage. We hold two hundred and fifty people. We have a full bar and a full kitchen. Jesus. Yeah, the kitchen is not always staffed and working, and sometimes we cater in. Sometimes and what, you, know, like, you have some relationship with the owners or whatever that you can just put on. I'm on the I'm on the entertainment committee. Oh, okay. I'm, oh I'm going to be Jesus. running for the board next year. Oh my goodness! All yeah. Right. Well, here's the thing. I love the Magic Castle. It's far too busy for me. It's far too full for me. It's a I very see. fancy, amazing place. Drinks start there at like $12. Is this your venue? But at the Mayflower Club, which is the other private club I belong to, drinks ah. start at $4. You oh, know? okay. Well, sure. Um, So it's like this cool place. We have Christmas tea. We have pantos. We have all of these, you know, we have all these amazing events happening for members, but we don't have a comedy night. Do you want me to pitch uh, him a comedy night? I can't. Well, I, let me say this real quick, though. You say you say 2020 like anybody knows what that is. That's my favorite part. You're like, hey, you want to bring back 2020 like it was anything. So let me explain to everybody what that was. Uh, a million years ago, Lily would run the three clubs, and it was fantastic because she had her Monday night tease show there. So Monday night was her night. And then she said to me one time, hey, you want to uh, put on some stand-up like before burlesque? We could do that. And uh, and I said, that's a really cool idea because it meant I could go up too, in addition to having other comedians. And uh, the concept I came up with is an idea called 202020. And it was three comedians each doing 20 minute sets. I was one of them every week. And uh, and then they came in and if we could get people to come in and see them, that was great. I will say this. I felt um, it was early. It was a seven o'clock show. Yeah. Which is which is a harder sell, clearly. Um, but also I didn't, you know, it wasn't exactly like I was beating the bushes trying to get people in there. I was relying on names and social media. And so we would get, sometimes we get a big crowd. Like when, when Jimmy did it, we had a really big crowd when Pardo did yeah. it, but sometimes we did it to 10 people or whatever. And, but everybody, but there was an enthusiastic, fun, nice audience. And they always yeah. were into it. It was never comedians. Never. That was the one thing, the feedback I got, they were happy that they didn't come in cold with a bunch of people who didn't know there was going to be a show. That, and that happens a lot in Los Angeles. So they enjoyed the fact that the people who were there were people who listened to this podcast or were burlesque fans who got there a little early and they wanted to see stand up and they liked it. Yeah. And I liked the room because I like a small, intimate room. 250 sounds like a barn kind of, but, but well, that's fine. Okay. But here's how the venue is set up. On one side, we have a stage and we have what is either an open dance floor in front of it dinner seating in front of it for, for a dinner show, or we do cocktail tables yeah. to the right of it. There is an area that is like um, set up with cocktail tables for dining right next to the bar and it leads right into where the kitchen is. So there's almost two rooms there. I but um, we put cocktail tables in front of the stage. The stage is four feet off the ground. It's gorgeous. Okay. It's really nice. Plus you can film it so people could get film if they need it. That's that's a big deal. I, well, yeah. all right. Uh, let me All right. Let me tell you this. I was talking a little bit when you went off uh, off mic. And I was telling people like what, because I had, I had a plan. Like I had, I had, remember in the beginning of the show, I said I had a list. I had plans. There were things yeah. that 2023 were going to entail. And I, um, and what it was going to entail was me getting a, a full-time gig and being able to make money from that. But I had other plans that were going to make a full-time gig palatable. All right. As, as we all know, um, you know, I, I applied to those gigs because I need to. Look, there's, there's yeah. just, there's no, I can't pretend, uh, you know, I'm in a situation now where I have to really, I have to go back to work and I've been trying to avoid going into the car because of COVID, because of gas prices, things like that. I don't know what 
being an Uber driver entails anymore. I haven't done it in three years, you know? Um, so I don't know if that's, and I, I, I don't, <laughs> I pivoted to like, all right, part of, part of the 2023 plan, again, we're going to, we're going to bracket this a little bit. And I, please remember, we will discuss the May, the Mayflower. Yeah. I will get there. Um, part of the plan was I was going to change my life in a way where I wasn't staying up until eight o'clock in the morning and then sleeping three hours. And then, you know, all that, that, that I was going to get a better schedule. So here we are on, on January, I think it's the 17th. I think it's Tuesday. Um, I, I all month, uh, I go to bed when I'm tired, <laughs> which could be 11 PM. Yeah. Which could be one P one AM, uh, anytime in between, you know, uh, one night I went to bed at 9.30 p.m. <laughs> because, because I could not be older uh, in certain aspects. And and that's the deal. Like, I, I made this pact. And also, um, sleep is incredibly important. And I've, I've harped on yeah. this for years and yet never really pulled the trigger on it in this way. I want to get eight hours of sleep every day. I just, I just, you, yeah. I'm old, all right? And I, there's a lot of other aspects of my my health that I don't take care of. But not having insurance and not being able to go for checkups and things like that, I've been incredibly lucky that I have not, I didn't get COVID, you know, the whole time yeah. I'm boosted and vaxxed all the way to, uh, you know, all the way up. Um, but doesn't mean I can't get it, you know what yeah. I mean? Um, but with no insurance, it was important. And again, being overweight, being a fat dude, I was like, I can't get it. I just, I can't get it. It wasn't only the thing like, boy, that would be unpleasant. It was like, no, I don't, I'm not getting fucking ventilated because also if I get a tube shoved down my throat, who knows what I'm going to sound like afterwards? You know what I mean? There's yep. like, I just, it meant it was just a large picture decision. So I was like, I can't. And I'm and look, I trust medicine anyway. I'm getting the fucking vaccine the second it happens. Yep. Um, but I, you know, I, I sleep is, is an important thing. And I've, I've talked to my, my trainer has told me about it. He's like, look, you got to get eight hours of sleep. You have to period, especially getting older. And, and he's like, and I'm talking good sleep because you can't go to bed at seven in the morning and then get up at two in the afternoon. He goes, that's not the same. You're sleeping in daylight hours. Circadian rhythms don't want you to do that. Da, da, da. And I'm like, look, I've got 54 years of circadian rhythms that would argue with you because I have, I've always been this late night dude. My mom was a late night person. He's wrong. Um, he's, he's not, I've done the research and the reading on it. He's not wrong. It's best to get seven to eight hours to get seven, eight hours of sleep. But in, in full darkness is a better sleep for you. You sleep deeper when you're sleeping in darkness. Now you can black out my room and stuff like yes. that and, and do that. And then yeah. it fools your body into thinking that, yeah. but then that also takes a toll when you get up and then you're living your life differently. It's just, it's, I've, I've done the re I, you can, I, I see you shaking your head and that's totally fine. Well, I, I'm dealing with a lot of genetic anomalies and how not everybody is that rhythm. Right. So, but the, but the standard thinking and the recommendation, because, yes. because believe me, I'm always like, what are you talking about? I, I'm not that I can't possibly. But I mean, when I worked at office gigs and I was writing on shows and working out hard in the morning, I was in bed by fucking 11 o'clock and I got up by seven and I went to the gym and I was in the office by 10. I mean, I, it can be done if you're living the life the way you want to live it. So I've kind of tried to make that adjustment here. And I thought, and also having a full-time gig would add like regular yeah. life, you know, because look, man, I've, <laughs> since the pandemic started, I've done, I've, I've, there are no rules at my house. And we've talked about this many times before, like there can be Christmas, there can be Thanksgiving, there can be all these holidays, but what are holidays if every day you don't do anything, if you don't have, you know what I mean? And, and that's, so you have to, in order for your life, those sorts of things to have any sort of import or meaning, 
you should be doing something to kind of earn them in a way. Yeah. And, and then when I started sloughing on this show and not doing shows for weeks and I'm just like, now I'm like, what are you, now what are you doing at all? Like now you can't even go, well, at least I put out a show this week or I was funny this week or whatever. Cause you, then you fucking weren't, you know what I mean? And, and it's been a real struggle for me and, and trying to climb my way out of this pit. So in 2023, I was like, I'll get a gig for some normality and I'll sleep eight hours at night, like a person. And so now it's been two solid weeks where I'm sleeping eight hours I, and I'm not, I'm not napping like at 7 30 PM and getting up at 11 30 and then staying up until fucking 9 AM, which is what I was doing. I've, I, if I get tired at 7 30 PM, I, I get up, you know what I mean? And I'm like, all right, well, I'll throw some water in my face or whatever, because I don't want to sleep. I know this, and this is, this is the baby steps of life. And I'm learning them at 55. I understand that. Please don't mock me. I'm trying to do what I can. I'm not mocking you. Not, no, I'm no talking, one's to large, mocking you. talking to the larger audience. In I general, know. Because it, this can sound like a little boy going, learning the lessons that he should have been taught as a child. You know what I mean? Learning the things that, that you know, because I mean, as a kid, I was up at one in the morning watching Batman on, on channel nine, you know what I mean? Or whatever. And, and I, because I had no, there was no discipline or structure in my house. As a kid, there was a, you know, you'd get sent to bed sometimes, but then you didn't have to go to sleep or you would be up reading in your room. My mom never, she shouldn't, nobody tucked me in, nobody checked on me. So I did whatever the fuck I wanted. You know what I mean? And there's nothing, I'm not whining. There's no violins playing. This is just the way it was. Uh, what were you going to say? You look, you look poised to say something. Well, it's funny because you said these words of rewards and normal life and holidays and all of these things are man-made and constructed. There is no normal. I, I know. I guess. All right. So my pursuit of what I would perceive to be normal. How about okay. that? Okay. Of what you want in your life. Or what I've, what I've not done forever and everybody else has done. And I, maybe it's, maybe that's the reason I'm not doing the things I'm supposed to do. Cause I don't have okay. that balance. You know what I mean? I, I, cause look, it's, it's very easy for me to just, cause I, and also I'm not a fucking maniac. It's not like I'm like, oh, I stay up all night. So I'm a fucking failure. Blah, blah. It's, it's none of those that things I'm talking about in, in observing every pe like regular, regular people's everyday lives, you see them doing things differently. And I wonder if, if there's a way. And, and I'd, so I'd like to ad adapt that at least, you know, that's what I, I felt having a schedule and being uh rigid about it to a certain extent would help because I've never done that. You know, I've just never, I've never held myself to any sort of uh, no barriers, no boundaries, just like whatever the fuck. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, well, let's, and having a gig would be one of those things. Like, like I genuinely enjoyed it. You know, I look, I might've whined and fucking moaned about the fucking barbecue joint, but I loved going there. I liked the people I worked with. It was yeah. totally fun. And also I could eat one meal a, a day for free. So that saved yeah. me some money and I made some cash and, and it was a good thing. I actually enjoyed it. I liked the camaraderie of working with people. And that was something I would bring to these interviews. I'd go, look, it's just time for me to work with people again. I go, I, I work by myself and that's totally fine. I go, but I really love the idea of being in a team concept and working with and for wow. people. I, I, you know, and um, now look, d did I want to be a drone? No, but I wanted to fucking make people laugh and goof around and have them make me laugh and whatever the fuck and have a, have a social uh, network, I guess is what, what I would call it. So so, but, but now <laughs> that was, so the plan was to get a gig and then to fix my schedule and be working out three times a week. And then also running seven times a week. Um, cause I have, again, how many times in the show have I rebooted my health? I know I get it. Please don't yeah. mock me. 
uh, because then everybody's going to go, oh, just like when you did it in there and that year and then this year. Like, it's funny. If you scroll the artwork for this show, there's so many art. I can see the times when I was rebooting and trying to think about I was going to change my life and then I never fucking did. And, and But I think that's ADHD. Me. But it, fine, but I can't. I don't. I can't hang that shingle on my door and go. That's why I failed constantly. So then go take the medicine. You know what I mean? Like, I can't be that guy. I can't. I can't just go. Well, I have ADHD, so I'm just going to fall apart, and that'll be cool. And and I should just keep falling apart. And I don't think you're falling it. apart. But that, but that again is my perspective at 57 of looking at how life is. I mean, I could sit here and go, I fucked everything up because my IRA is gone and my body's broken. Yeah, I did everything I wanted to do so far. Anything I've said I've wanted to do, I've done. Yeah, um, I think well, that's really successful. When I look at people who are still sitting in the house they built that they're afraid they're going to lose because they have to work 60 hours a week to keep up this fancy house that they don't even want, that they are living in a marriage that they hate. And I'm just like, good for you. That's normal. You there, know? Are, there are different measuring sticks for everybody. Yeah. And so I, I'm like, I look at you and I'm like, I don't know a lot of people that have managed to keep a podcast alive this long. Yeah. And, and I fell off certainly the past year. You know what I mean? I, I carry that. But you're like back. A, like a yoke around my neck. But yeah, you're but back. I, but I wasn't here last week because I did a three hour and 15 minute show and I was like, I'm a little winded. I'm not going to do a show this week. I'm going to hold off. And, and, but I always meant to do it, but then didn't. And that's bad. Again, if, if I'm resetting and rebooting, then I should be doing but a show every week. But people call like in sick sometimes. I know, but you I call in do. sick a lot. I've called in sick a lot. It doesn't matter. Regardless, I I, I have to please myself. I, I, yes. I wish people out there were, were, I want them to be happy and I want them to be excited. And I want them to care about this. And in order to do that, I have to care about it. And look, and people are so sick of me saying this now. I, I don't, I don't want to do it. I don't want to bury them in my let's go get them bullshit. Nobody wants to fucking hear that. I totally get it. Um, but the point is I had a plan for, for 2023, which was going to involve getting a gig because then that could al- allow me to uh, get to the gym, lifting three times a week with, with John and then, and then running seven times a week, you know, and cardio riding my bike. Uh, I planned on getting my health in order. I have goals like, for monthly goals for weight loss and all these different things. Like I, I, and then to not get the gig, uh, it, it kicks out. It's, it's like having a car up on, on blocks and you're underneath it, repairing it. And then somebody kicks out one of the fucking blocks and then it falls down on top of you. You're like, fuck, I got to figure out how to get out of this fucking thing. So now, because here's the deal. Like if I, I've got to get back in the car full time, that's it. There's, there's, there's no argument about it. Uh, I've been very lucky in that I've been able to book, some individual stuff with people to give them rides to and from places like, uh, you know, I'm uh, like tonight I have to take a buddy to a thing, a function, um, and people pay and that's great. Yeah. But I have, but I have to, I have to fucking get in the car. Now, if I get in the car full time, that's going to change the sleep thing because I, I have to drive late at night it, it, to get money is, is from before I will try. I will try two weeks of driving during the day to see what it's like. Um, and by the way, I'm not doing that yet because I didn't get approved from them and their bullshit until last week. But also I got to admit, I, I held off because I'm like, I, I wanted to do it. I don't want to do it. I just don't. I want to do it one or two times a week. If it was filling in the gaps around a full-time gig or something like that, I was like, this is going to be amazing. I'll make this kind of, this money can go here and this will go here. But then for it all house of cards to fall apart and now it's going to be the full-time gig again. I'm like, all right, so then what do I do? Do I go in the car from 10 until three, come home and be on Twitch? from four until seven and get back in the car from seven until 10. Um, if which, that's what you have to do, that's, that's what you have to do for a and, while. And yeah. that's what I wrote down and that's what I planned. But also I need to see how that's going to affect gas, you know, the gas prices. And again, germs are, are a big deal. So whatever the fuck, it doesn't matter. None of that matters. So 
So that was a plan. And also there was a four prong solution. I was going to drive a little, I was going to gig at a grocery store. I was going to sell plasma if I fucking had to, that was like bottom of the barrel. But also I went to, and I don't think I told you this. Uh, I went to an extra service to do extra work. Yeah. Did I mention that to you? Yeah. Um, this, this made me laugh. It was central casting is, is, uh, I wanted to go. Cause again, for union work, you can, you can do pretty good. So I'm like, well, maybe I'll do some of that. I mean, again, it's, it's, it's easy money, really. I mean, you know, you're just standing in the background, you're doing whatever the fuck. And again, it's just that it's the selling plasma of acting jobs. Clearly it is just, you're just showing up and being told what to do. I've done it before. I told you nobody walks past a building four times like me. I'll tell you that I got that down. So I applied to Central Casting and their their thing is just like Trader Joe's where it's like it's it's like winning concert tickets like on a day they're like okay you all have to sign in at 315 and then you go in at 315 and they're like all slots are filled try again at 345 and you you have to just chase it for days until you get in an open window. I had a friend who did it for a week every 15 minutes trying to sign in for like four hours and never and then finally got in. I was very lucky it only took me one day it took me like five hours but I was able to sign in. And then he, then you fill out all this stuff. And then I got to the end. I, I filled it. You have to fill in. Here's the best part. You got to fill in like your sizes and all that shit. But then you got to fill in your talents, <laughs> like fencing. I don't know who the fuck is fencing for central casting. Good for them. I mean, eventually somebody will need a sword fighter, I suppose. Uh, tobogganing. Yeah. I, you know what? That's not a skill. That's laying down and falling down a hill. That's all it is. They just happen to have something underneath you when you do it. But you've got to. And I know people take it seriously, but so I try to do whatever. Because also they have like football. Like I don't even know to what level I can throw and catch a football. And I I, I look decent in a football uniform. I look like a guy who should be in a football uniform. But if you're going to ask me to do the cover two defense against shallow screens, I mean then we're going to have to have a discussion. I mean I maybe. Um. So regardless, they have to fill out all their bullshit, and then at the end, uh, I try to finalize it, and it it wouldn't accept my social security number, everything else. Every, I mean, and again, this is 15 minutes of filling out bullshit and your sizes and your neck. I got to, I got to measure my neck in my house. You know what I mean? Anybody who looks in the window just is like, don't do it. And I'm like, no, it's for a thing. I'm literally, I'm wrapping a thing around my neck. It's prom. I'm not dying. I promise. Don't things are never as dark as you think they are. I'm just trying to get a measurement. Shut up. Uh, so I'm measuring the neck, doing whatever the fuck. So after, they won't accept my social security number, but I, I make the appointment to go because then you have to make an appointment to go in and see them. So I make the appointment. Everything's all squared away, but it won't accept my online deal. And it keeps going back to the beginning of the app. Now, I should tell you this. When I when I tried to sign in the first time, because it said, do not uh, you run. You take it off. You got more dogs. Oh, my God. Lily has left. Um, so when I tried to sign in for this the first time, I I called them up. Uh, I should think, I should have told you this first of all, because it says you cannot apply to central casting if you've applied before. And truthfully, when I first moved to town, I applied to a bunch of casting places. I have no idea if I applied to central casting, but I called them and I got a very nice, lovely operator, Luann. And she was like, all right, what's your name? And I gave her my name. I said, they're telling me not to fill this out if I've done it before, because that will disqualify me and I don't want to be disqualified. So I need to make sure that you have all my information. And she said, yes, give me your name. And I did. I gave her my name. I gave her my, and I said, here are all of my email addresses that it could have possibly been because I think I may have signed up 25 years ago, but I can't be sure. So 
you, you need, and she's like, well, let me take a look. And I said, here's my name. Here's this email address. Here's this email address. I even gave her my landline. And, uh, and she was like, all right. And she goes, I don't see any record of you here in, in, our, in our thing. And I said, okay, that's cool. I said, so that means I can sign up. And she said, yes, please go ahead. I said, fantastic. And that's when I went through the five pages or whatever the fuck in the 15, 20 minutes of sizes and figuring everything out. So, uh, and again, dudes, this is just, this is me hoping to be a fucking lamp. This is me hoping to be a tree. I'm not even signing. This isn't anything skilled. This isn't anything where I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm, it's about time I got back into acting. No, fuck no. I'm looking to make, uh, truthfully, for the union stuff, it's 187 bucks for eight hours. That's what it is. So I, if, at $187 for eight hours, I can do that. I'm happy to be your lamp. I'm happy to be whatever the fuck you, you, that you want. So uh, I was telling them that I had to call an operator, and she, uh, Lily's back now. She's had, there's, I don't know what happened. The dogs have killed someone in the living room. You all right? No. Okay. Uh, what, what did they, let me ask you it this. It doesn't matter. Really? Okay. Um, did they, did they find the, the problem is my roommate cannot help right now because he's in the middle of making a balloon sculpture and you could, you, we, we can laugh about that if we want, but unfortunately I no, have two dogs. Yeah. I have two dogs right now that even with the door open to go outside, come back in, have all their food, have treats and have new squeaky toys. They love the only thing they want right now is to be with me. Yeah. Did Sorry. they find, did they find your Saturday night live throw rug? Is that what they did? And they took care of that now. Um, all right. I, well, I'll try to get through this then. <laughs> I, I know you've got dogs uh, nipping at your heels. So, uh, so what I was saying is I, when I first tried to sign in, it's, it warns you don't fill out a duplicate application. Yes. If you're, if you're ever signed up for central casting, don't do it again. So I called them and they, I gave my names, I gave all my email addresses and phone numbers from the past. Cause I thought I signed up 25 years ago. Cause when I first came to town, I signed up in a bunch of extras places. And it doesn't make sense to me that I would not sign up for central casting. Okay. Cause quite frankly, I thought it was central casting that got me basketball. I, 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 I thought, um, but, but that was a story in itself and I'll get to that in a second. But she told me, she goes, you're not in our records. Go ahead and feel free to fill it all out. And then I filled it all out. And then I got to the social security number and it wouldn't take it. it took everything else. It took the, you know, my neck measurements, my biceps, all the fucking pants I wear. It took the fact that I, I could kick a soccer ball, all of that. Um, but it still gave me an appointment to come in. So I was like, all right, if I get there and they make me refill all this shit out, I'm going to fucking lose my mind. <laughs> I was just, and again, it shouldn't be that big a deal, but at the same time, I, you don't want to go there and have them tell you, oh no, you did this wrong or, oh yeah. Cause it's not my fault. Again, I was trying to fill it in and it wouldn't accept my social, whatever the fuck. Yeah. So I get there and, uh, they're very kind. And there was like eight other people and they said, okay, go sit over here. They'll call your name. And I said, okay, I have a, a I actually have a situation, so I just I just want to make sure that I can I, I don't want to waste anybody's time, but also at the same time I'm gonna it's gonna be a longer conversation than just press this button. And they're like, all right, well we'll remember we'll remember that, and they're very kind. So this woman then calls me up, calls my name, and I go to the front, and she's and she could not have been more chipper, more lovely, more nice. Oh my gosh, Mike, how are you? It's nice to have you here, Michael. Thank you, my really friendly, super big, and uh, because they want you know that's that's who they want in their extras too. You know what I mean? They that's what they're looking for. So I said, Hey, uh, it's thank, thank you for having me here. I'm, I have to ask you though, there's an issue. I filled all of this stuff out online. Uh, but and she goes, I don't see your, I don't see your file here at all. I go, I know because it wouldn't let me file it. 
<laughs> because I I got all the way to the end with my social security number. And I go, I even brought my laptop. I'll show it to you if you want to look at it. I go, but I filled it all out right to the end and it won't, it won't give me the high sign. It doesn't say that it qualifies me. And she says, well, have you ever been with central casting before? And I said, well, I said, I think so, but I'm not sure because it's 25 years ago. I go, and I called your hotline and Luann, the very nice lady, said that I was clear. She goes, I don't have any of these. Can I even give my landline? I gave all these fucking old pieces of information. She goes, none of that is in here. I said, great. I, she said, great. Let me take a look. So she goes, what's your name? And I, da, da, da. And I go, give me the social. And I gave her the social and she starts looking. And she goes, go have a seat and we'll call you when, when you're ready. I sat down and I hear her. She goes, oh, <laughs> and she just starts laughing. All right. And I, I'm like, well, that's, I don't know if that's a good sign or a bad sign. I, I, I got no idea at this point. Because again, they're trying to be big personality, but still, who's laughing? She goes, Michael. And I go, yes. And she goes, come over here. And I go over. And she says, uh, oh my gosh, you're not going to believe this. She goes, you are in our system. And I said, okay, I thought I might be. I go, that's probably why they wouldn't accept it. She goes, yeah. She goes, but it's really weird. I'm like, okay, I don't know. I don't know what's really weird, but is it, do I have to go home? Like what's happening? Here? <laughs> and uh, she goes, no, you're not going to believe this. I don't, I can't figure it out myself. Uh, but I, I, I've pulled it up and you are in our system, but it's not your name. I said, I, what does that mean? And she goes, yeah, I don't take a look. And she turns the thing around. She goes, all it has is the name Michael and your social security number and this picture. <laughs> and I said, well, that's odd, right? And she goes, yeah, that's really odd. Like I don't, and then I realized, you know, I've told the story on here many times how I got basketball. Yeah. I was in the office and so now I remember exactly who it was. It was Central Casting. I was in the office of Central Casting trying to register and in the middle of my registering the casting director came in and saw me sitting there he goes what are you doing here i said i don't know i'm trying to sign up and he goes come with me and he looked at the woman behind the counter and he goes hold that and we split and so all she had entered was my first name my fucking social security number and that photo forever i was i was in their system for 25 years (laughs) Just as Michael, like some hairstylist, like Prince. I mean, I don't even know what the fuck. <laughs> so I had been in their system. This, I, I, she had never completed the app because I never came back there to to finish filling out anything because I got the fucking job at basketball and I wound up working six weeks. And I and so I then I tell her that story and she's like, oh my gosh. She goes, you know what? I can't believe that the person in the office didn't go ahead and fill it out. And I go, I don't either. That just seems like laziness, right? She goes, it does. It seems like laziness. And I said, absolutely. <laughs> And we had a great laugh and then she signed me up and I was like, all right, well now I'm here for, you know, because again, it was part of the yearly plan of 2023. I'm signed up now for extra things. I got this and that. Well, I interviewed, like I said, six times at three grocery stores. No, no, sir. I have been pinged seven times in two months for casting stuff just to see if I'm available. And I say yes. And they don't choose me. I have not been chosen for one production. (laughs) And then my blood was rejected by science. I'm like, what the fuck? dudes again i can't rock bottom right and the thing that makes me laugh too is again look i'll be honest with you central casting they're looking for background actors all right 
Right now, I'm 6'2", 350. That is inherently not background. All right. If you are 6'2", 350, you are consistently foreground no matter where they put you. And I understand this. So I'm going to have to wait for some fucking thing where they have like either a giant crowd scene or they need football idiots or bouncer idiots. That's usually what I would get called for when I was doing my, you know, when I was doing commercials and shit like that. That's what I would always get called for. So I, I have to root for some huge production where they can just bury me in the crowd or whatever the fuck. But even so, are they going to do that for a union guy? They'll just pick a bunch of fucking bagels and bananas and throw them out there. They're not going to fucking even think about it. Bagels so it's like, bananas. that's the other egg. I, I called them that when I worked on basketball because they, they, they got free. Like we got catered food and then you'd walk in the hallway of the LA sports arena and there would just be piles of bananas and bagels for free for anybody who wanted them. That's how they fed people there. It was like fucking insane. Yeah. No, it's so, true. so, my point is, so now, year 2023, I'm like, you know what? Start working at a grocery store. Going to do some extra work on the side. Possibly fill in with some Uber. Go give blood a couple times a week. We're looking good. We're feeling good about it. None of it. All of it fell through. All of it trapped door. All of it swinging from the measuring tape I put around my fucking neck to figure out just what kind of shirt I'd have to wear if I was in a courtroom scene some fucking where. God damn it. Uh, but all of that was being positioned as the way to make money. So I could also do this in 2023, and this leads to me to what you had asked me. Uh, I'm going to be doing more stand-up this year. Uh, I'm, I have a goal. Here's the goal. The goal is to do stand-up all year. Um, near the end of the year, I would love to do some out-of-town stuff. If anybody even fucking cares, they probably don't, which is fine. I won't be able to book a theater and do a Mike Schmidt show. I might have yeah. to go to cities and work on, on in you know showcases and stuff like that. Um, but again, that was part of having the money was I'd be able to travel and whatever the fuck. Um, <clears throat> but also uh, the goal is by 2024 um, to, in addition to being doing this and anything in town to also take gigs on ships. Right. Because, uh, you know, Lenny's on ships and he's very successful. I'm not saying I can do it because he can do it. He's a comedian who's worked extremely hard in his career, but I'm funny. Yeah, And I can be funny on stage for 30 minutes at a time. And I can put together three different 30 minute acts and a dirty one if I have to. And uh, it's just time to quit fucking around. You know what I mean? It's just, and I, and I looked at it as this would be a year I of jail, a year I gave up to a grocery store, a year to a regular gig, a year to working things around to get in shape physically, mentally, and on stage to start doing stand-up and getting back used to being on stage and getting your chops back. I had booked April with Lenny again in Zanies, um, but I was going to do a different set every night to try to start you know, working toward that goal. And uh, I found out today that that got postponed. Um, thanks to, uh, thank you, Damon Wayans Jr. Um, so, so I'll be there with him later <laughs> in the year. He took the gig. He took, he, it's the only week he had, so they bumped Lenny and moved him to another month. Um, once that's finalized, I'll go with Lenny and do that. But also like when I'm in town, maybe I'll go do other shows too and try to get on stage and I'll try to go, you know, cause I've always talked about in LA. I'm like, Oh, well, nobody knows who I am. And you're good open mics. Well, you know what? There's a reason nobody knows who the fuck you are. You don't go do anything. And you bringing up the Mayflower is, is kind of uh fortuitous now that I think about it, you know, cause look, I, I started, you know, I've avoided standup. Um, mm-hmm. on my own. I, I just, I've even avoided watching it yeah. because, because honestly watching it makes me angry that I didn't work at it. And I go, well, I could, I could have, if I had done this, I could have done this. And then I did this, I could have done this, all of those sorts of things. Yep. 
um, you know, I watched Jackie Cation's uh, special on um, on YouTube. She has two on there. Jackie Cation is a genius. I, I I will. She is a fantastic joke writer. Her stage persona is so relatable. She is just absolutely perfect. And and also, she is a fucking grinder. She's in New York this week. She's doing three sets a night. You know, and and because she loves it, she eats it. She fucking she devours yeah. stand up, and that's what you have to do. You can't half-ass it. You can't be that person. You know what I mean? And and even when I was doing it, when I was traveling on the road and stuff like that, I was good at it. But then I would, I didn't like. I felt all you needed to do was write bits and go on stage, and that's not it. There's other things you have to get calluses. You have to bomb. You have to do all these things. And I never wanted to bomb. I didn't want. I didn't. I looked at it as a failure if you bombed, but in reality, those are the miles. That's what you're supposed yeah. to be doing. Um, you know, I've, I've lined up a bunch of specials to watch. I asked my buddy Jimmy, I'm like, who's who's the funniest guy now? Who's the funniest comic out there? And he said, Nate Bargatze. I haven't watched Nate's specials, but I will. You know, I've, I put him in the queue. Um, you know who I watched? I watched fucking Patrice O'Neill yeah. from, from 2000, I think it's 2013 maybe. I don't remember. It's the only hour-long special. It's on fucking Paramount. And there's they did a show where it's, just, it's like a bunch of clips of him and a bunch of people paying tribute to him, but there's only like hour-long stand-up. Jesus fucking Christ. That dude, what a loss. Because I used to love him before. I'd see him on Tough Crowd. I'd hear him on fucking clip shows and stuff. Any of those clips with Opie and Anthony, you'd just be like, this guy's a fucking monster. He's, he's, just, he's, he's just one of the funniest human beings I've ever seen. And then to watch this special, I'm like, and because then, then there's smart behind it. Yeah. And he's just fucking great. Like he, I, it, it would have been interesting to see what he would be doing now. Cause we see what happened with, and again, uh, I went and saw Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock down in San Diego. And it was, it was in addition to going with my friend Doug and seeing a great comedy show. I also, it was kind of a field trip in that I got to, I got to watch guys and look at their beats and see how they do things. And like Chris Rock is putting together a special. So he had like four teleprompters around the stage and he would, he wasn't, the Chris Rocker you're used to where he's prowling the stage and kind of really aggressive. He was, he was doing a set that he was learning. Essentially you could tell, you know what I mean? He had bits that he was working out and making them fit. So, cause he's doing that. Wasn't that doing... in an arena? Yes. He was learning bits in an arena. He's good enough to where it doesn't matter. Yeah. I, I know it cause I'm a comedian. Okay. Yeah. He was killing, he was doing bits. He was crushing. Yeah. But I can see that he's building the language. I could see. I'm not trying yeah. to be. No, no, look, no. I Look, I understand. I get it. I am just questioning that process because I can you, tell you, I did a New Year's Eve show where a certain comic was reading off of paper and I was furious. He wasn't reading off of paper, yeah. but but he, you can tell the difference between his aggressive style yeah. and, and, and also he's got, you know, he's got a live special in March. So he's getting yeah. ready for it. This is the road work. This is the. Yeah. This is why he shows up at the improv at midnight and does an hour. You yeah. know what I mean? And people are like, oh, my God, I can't believe he's here. It's because that's how you have to do it. Yeah. And and those shows, sometimes he'll bring paper like to the improv or something like that, where he'll just and he'll because he's working out concepts and but jokes. that you expect. Right. But he yeah. didn't. I'm saying he didn't have paper. It yeah. was just. And again, the crowd I, loved him. I'm not I'm saying. Not, yeah, I get it. Yeah. But I could tell that he was finding his way. You know what I mean? It yeah. just, you could just, it was, it didn't, he didn't bomb. He did great. But I, I was shocked by the, the difference in his stage demeanor, um, especially because he, you know, then he went first, he did almost an hour and then Chappelle came on after him and did like 45, 50, I forget. And he was just super laid back. Like he was his, he never looks like he's uncomfortable. 
You know what I mean? And whether that's good or bad, whatever you think, we know how you feel about him and that's fine. Uh, He did some things in the show that I didn't agree with. You know what I mean? Where I was just like, you didn't, it's beneath you. You don't have to do this. I don't know why you're doing it, but he does it almost in this, in, you can see when he does, whatever, I don't want to get into this debate. It doesn't matter. I had a great time at the show. I'm glad Doug brought me. Um, But it was kind of also, like I said, it was a field trip to see that and and then watch Patrice and just go, Jesus Christ, these, they're not, I'm not even the same species as these guys. You know what I mean? I need to, I need to so much work to be, mm, I I need the work. I'm talking about the, the, the structure and, and the work. I'm not talking about the material. I'm talking about okay. the even being on stage, uh, seeing Jackie. I'm not. I couldn't. I couldn't touch her. I mean, I. She's so fucking good. She's just out in space, and I have a telescope to watch her. She's that good, and you need to work. And so that was part of 2023 too. I was like, I'll be doing this, but then I'll be eating stand-up gigs. I'll be trying to go out there and get a, get a name in Los Angeles again. Get get just get out there and be on stage and doing stand up and making it work and getting chops again. So I've been out. Um, I've done a couple gigs and, and look, <laughs> I, I went, all right. I went about six months ago. I went to a show at a place called sister's barn down in Redondo and uh, my buddies, Bill Dwyer and Mike Seeger Siegel and, uh, and Murray Valeriano were on the gig and I, I was just going to go do the hang. I haven't done a hang in so long. So I drove to Redondo to hang out and I got down there and then I walked in and Siegel goes, Hey, you want to go up? I go, dude, I'm not going up. And he goes, why not? It's, it, we'll put you up. Right. Right. And I go, dude, I'm wearing shorts. And he's like, so what? He goes, look at this place. You know, it's, it's a, it's a bar. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, yeah. you're okay. Like, uh, he goes, you're not, you're not, you know, there's no scouts in here or whatever the fuck. And I go, nah, I'm okay. I came to hang out with you guys. And then I spent the whole show watching Murray, watching Bill, watching Mike, watching other comedians, angry at myself that I wouldn't even go back on stage. Like it was just, it was a pussy move to not go up. It was silly. And it was this thing where like, I didn't want, I didn't even want the hassle of thinking of five minutes of jokes. Are you fucking kidding me? What are you doing with yourself? And then the show ended and it's funny. I go, I looked at Mike and I go, I should have gone up. And he goes, yeah, you should have. What the fuck? Why would you be here if you weren't going to go up? I go, I came to hang out with you guys. He goes, yeah, but then you could have done a set. We could all, it would have been, a, it would have been fun. And I go, you're right. I, you're right. It won't happen again. So I talked to Becky who runs the show there. Becky, uh, Becky Pettigo, very funny comedian. Um, this <laughs> Becky's one of the first people I saw after the pandemic. We went to uh, Irvine to the improv because Mike was working and he was open for Brian Regan. And I'd never seen Brian live. I don't know if I talked about that on here. And fucking, he's just he's again another one where you're just like this is the funniest fucking person in the world and it's so funny how you can see these comedians at different times go this is the funniest person in the world this is the funniest person i've ever seen and then the next night you see somebody go this is the funny this might be the hardest i've ever laughed it's so great to have an art form that can take you to those different places with different with different structures and different acts and different approaches and different viewpoints it is when it's done right it is fucking masterful and it's such a shame that it's deteriorated into this argument over what you can and can't say and the cancel culture and oh my god they're all they're all policing me hey man brian regan has been the funniest fucking guy on the planet and selling out theaters forever and nobody gives a fuck about cancel culture or shit when he's on stage because he's just fucking funny like he's not he's not a guy who's upsta- those people who are like you know stand-up has to be you have to make people think you got to make people it's okay if you make people mad it's like Brian Regan is just fucking great he's just great Jackie's just fucking great they're amazing comics they're so funny and so 
these people who insist on saying, you know, well, it's not, you know, you're, we're truth tellers, we're this, we're that. And it's like, you can be that. You can write jokes that, that deal with societal situations. You can get your viewpoint across. But when you're just fucking throwing haymakers to be a dick, that just doesn't make any fucking sense. And also, like I said, Brian Regan for 30 years has not had a problem selling out fucking giant theaters because he's just fucking hysterical. And it's a shame that you see people who've decided that they need to take this path where, uh, because they don't want to be told what they can and can't say, they insist on saying things that people disagree with or are angry about or that hurt people because the they just want to do it. I, of course, it's terrible. It's the it's hurting. A, it's a, it's is that they don't want to have to not be mean. That's the part where I just look at them and I go, you're just being mean. Well, being being mean can also, it's an easy laugh because you get a ooh, ah, ha, ha. Oh, yeah. oh, it's the little boy who says fuck and his parents laugh at the dinner table or whatever. I, yep. I, un, I, get, I get it. I understand it. I understand the instinct, instinct to go there. I did it myself on stage with things. I said, I used to open with a joke about Michael Jordan's dad dying in Chicago just to see if I could climb my way out of it. It's fucking stupid. I think about it now. I think about all the time I fucking wasted. You know, it, it's it's nonsense. And does this mean that, you know, I will say things that aren't offensive or whatever? I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know. I'm going to try to be fu as funny as I possibly can. Yeah. And also deliver my viewpoint and tell my stories and do what I what I can do. But what I'm, I yes. just, but seeing the art form at its best is for me intimidating as well as exhilarating, you know, because it makes me want to go do it. It makes me want to get back out there. I would love the respect of my peers. I would love to be fucking great. And I would love audiences to go, this fucking guy is awesome. Like I love when people, you know, people have written me, they're very kind and they listen to the show and they're just like, like you weren't around last week um, for Uncle Henry Hitler's hash house, but that was something I wound up talking about by myself. Fuck. Um, and I made a joke about how he had opened up. I go, that's the problem is I go, if you, unless you had Hitler's Dutch babies, you can't really fully appreciate the man as a, on the whole. Sure. He did terrible <laughs> things. I said, but you know, it's even worse. You know why, you know why he hated the French because uncle Henry Hitler's hash house was doing great. And then right across the street, a cafe du monde opened up and it cut his business in half. <laughs> so he fucking hated those people. And then he got so mad. He didn't tend to the business and he went, he went bankrupt. And you know who bought his fucking outlet? Einstein's bagels. This explains <laughs> everything. And I was like, I made that shit up on the fly. And I was and like, I told Lenny about it. And he's like, that's, a, that's a bit. That's like a fucking eight minute bit. Yeah. I, go, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it is or it isn't. Who knows? But the point is I love when I'm being just fucking, when I'm just fucking barreling downhill, it's so much fun. And the thing is, so I went to sister's barn. Uh, I, when I, and I, I saw that show and then I said to Becky, look, if, when you're doing the next one, I, I'd love to be considered to come back. And, and she said, great. And I didn't hear from her for a while and I didn't pester her about it. And then I got a, an email from Siegel. He goes, Hey man, I'm hosting a sister's barn again in two weeks. You want to do it? And I said, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, because I'm, I'm yes, fuck yes. Um, cause now I got two weeks. Yeah. Now I got, I can prepare it. I can be ready to go. Right. So, uh, the day of the show, then I'm just like, I'm still, if you want to talk about ADHD or whatever, I'm still figuring out my set. I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do. Cause I had done some stuff on the road that worked and I liked it. And I think it's funny when I was with Lenny at Zany's, but then I, I'm like, well, but then I never, I've never had an opening bit. We know this. I've never had an opening piece to go on stage with. So on the way down driving to Redondo, which is a, you know, an hour long ride, uh, a bunch of stuff was happening on the highway. There was a, a dude next to me. It was, this is, it's been very cold in Los Angeles. Um, and this dude is driving with his top down on the crowded 405 at fucking six o'clock. And I'm like, what is, I don't even, 
I don't even want to know what diseases you're getting at this point. I mean, you're just, it's like a mixture of a cold and then the fucking exhaust. You're, you're, you're literally patient zero for motor COVID. Like, I don't even know what that could possibly entail, but you're it. Don't, nobody should meet this guy. And then there was a car next to me that made a weird, uh, like, and it, it made a weird noise. It was his car. It was like, cause he was doing that. He had that car. They used to call motorcycles that did made this noise, a rice burner, like that kind of thing. So his car starts making this weird noise. And then it starts going like a, like a jolt with a cough or whatever like that's fucking banana like why am i even hearing that over the fucking weird like engine? exhaust sounds it was just a weird like a cough like almost like a okay. like, so uh he's next to me and i'm just like this guy is fucked all fucked up the, the car him whatever so i'm building bits in my head and i'm like all right this could go here and i could talk about this guy and, blah, blah, blah. and then he drives away and uh i hear the noise again it's my fucking car <laughs> my car is making the coughing noise so I'm like, I go, and in my brain, I just go, I go, Jesus Christ. I go, great. Of course, of course that's happening on the way to this fucking gig. Of course, I, I, I go, plus my car is a hybrid. I go, so you know who this is? This is fucking Henry Ford or the ghost who invented, uh, the ghost of whoever invented the fucking combustion engine, just climbing out and throttling me for caring about the environment. Like he's so fucking mad at me now and bubba. And I, I did that. And then I was talking about ways in my brain. I'm like, ways, cause ways wanted me to take me off the highway. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, they just want you to not kill anybody. I go, they did whatever the fuck. So all this stuff I'm creating in the car. I'm like, this is funny. This is funny. Holy shit. This is funny. It was, a, it was essentially doing a podcast in my head where I'm just thinking of a million things at once. And then I'm like, I only have 20 minutes at this gig. I hope I can get all of this out. Like I really, I'm in my brain. I'm like, I hope I could absolutely get all of this, you know, in addition to what I wanted to do, but then all this new stuff about driving yeah. down there, I'm like, I'm going to fuck it. This is just going to be, I'll just roll with this and we'll see what happens. So I get to the gig and it's me and Mike and a guy, Tom Clark. Who's a very funny guy out of Wisconsin. And then his wife is there to do a set too. She's also funny. Shelly, maybe. I don't know. She's terrific. That sounded so condescending. Um, but she's great. And uh, so I'm sitting there. And then this guy, Lawrence Thomas. Now, I recognize the name, but I don't, you know, I don't, again, I see a million comedians' names. So Lawrence comes in and then he's with another guy who he probably doesn't want me to say, uh, Dan French. Fuck it, I'll just say it. Dan Dan French is a comedian who used to write for Kilborn and late night shows. And he wrote a thing for Shecky Magazine about what it was like to work in a late night writer's room. And I still have it on my computer to this day. He wrote this in 1998. Uh, and I still have it. Uh, I learned a lot from it and I, I sometimes will go back and read it. I really, I dug it. I know it's completely changed in 25 years or whatever the fuck, but it was interesting. Why are you making that face? What's going on? You okay? Dogs? Dogs. Yeah. Uh, you got to check out them. All right. Go take care of them. That's fine. Uh, tell, I, well, you left, so I can't say anything. Um, so Lawrence Thomas shows up, right? And he, he shows up at the gig and he's closing the thing. And I had seen his name on the poster. By the way, Lily's not here now. I'm talking only to you guys. And this is funny. Whenever I do this show with Lily, I'm talking to Lily. But, uh, but then you guys get to hear it. But now she splits. And so now I pivot and then I'm talking to you guys. Now, in the, also, before this even airs, you're going to hear me talking specifically to you guys. Uh, and that's, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Maybe I should just stop talking, you know, talking all together. Maybe I just fucking put a lid on it. Um, but I'm not going to lie to you. It is, it is an odd pivot from talking to her to just talking to you. When I was talking to you and she was listening and laughing, that was one thing. And now talking to her, engaging her in a conversation is different as well. 
and so different from talking. Why am I telling you this? No one fucking cares. Why? Because I'm, you know why? Truthfully, and I'm sure you already know, I'm trying to fill the time until she gets back because I want to tell this story to her. I don't want to just tell it and have her jump in in the middle of it. But fuck it. We're all in this together. Here we go. So I show up and Lawrence Thomas is there. He brings his friend Dan French. And I, I literally, I look at him and I go, Dan French. And, and, uh, I, I told him, I said, look, man, I, I, you know, you wrote this article once about writing for late night television and I saved it. I still have it. And he, uh, look, I don't know what I expected. I don't know if I wanted a hand job or what I wanted out of this fucking guy. But when I told him that, hold on, our friend Lily is arriving back. She's putting, are, are you okay? Can you stay? Yeah, I got like maybe 10 more minutes in me. I'm sorry. They're uh, they're out of control and I don't know what to do right now. So okay. I'm I'm trying to pay attention to this because it's good. <laughs> no, that's fine. I, I totally understand. Well, I, I left um, the door open so that they could go in and out. And so sure. they decided to sit outside and bark for five minutes now because yeah. I got a text from a neighbor. And what? How do you even have your neighbor's phone number? That doesn't I, make any sense. You don't like it. Because I live in a nice area where everyone is nice to each other and I have to be nice to my neighbors. And Eddie knows them all and I have to be nice to my neighbors. Well, I want to live in a little tiny house in the middle of nowhere, away from everyone. But unfortunately, I live in a community. You do indeed. You know what you should do? Text so I them. have to have this voice. Hi, it's lovely to see you as you walk by. Sorry, the dogs are barking. They're not even my dogs. Yeah. You should do me a favor. Text the neighbor and just text rough, rough, bark, 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 rough, 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 bark, bark. And then two minutes later, text back. I'm sorry. They grabbed the phone. <laughs> I would like to do that. I would do that all the time. That's all I would do. I'd be like, yeah, I'd be like, you think you're having a problem with them? They just, they took my phone. I couldn't even get to it. I apologize to you crazy guys. What uh, I have learned though, in the last two and a half hours, we've been doing this podcast. Uh, I don't want dogs. Wow. Well, come on. Nope. All right. Well, no, get a dog, but don't, don't raise it on fucking sushi. It, it, it's, if you but feed no, a dog the, ramen, it's going to do this. I am home all the time. Which gives them the expectation that they can be on my lap all the time, even though I make them sleep on the floor and I make them. I don't want to talk about the dogs. Okay. These are some uh, the needy dogs, needy motherfuckers. You would think after dealing with me for uh, 12 years, you couldn't get much needier. But now <laughs> it's like having two of me running around chasing no, a tennis ball. Not. Holy fuck. All right. No. Uh, all right. So you give me the high sign when we need to wrap up and we'll figure out whatever. But I. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, there's the high side. Right, well, I'll wrap it up. I can no, uh, guys, I'll I, tell you the finish rest of this. this story. I want to hear the rest of it. Well, there was another story after this story. Anyway, so <laughs> well, I, I, you can tell that one after me. Oh, I'm gone. People want to hear that. They'll love it. Um, so I, I, this guy, Lawrence Thomas shows up and I, I recognized the name, but I didn't, I met Dan French yeah. and I shook his hand and I told him, I told Dan, Hey man, I, I, you know, I have this article that you wrote and like I said, I was just saying, but you pulled up the earbuds. I don't know if I wanted a hand job or what, but I did I wanted what I didn't get. You know what I mean? <laughs> he was just like, Oh yeah, no Shecky magazine. Yeah. I wrote that a while ago. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm literally telling you that for 20 years, I have that article on my computer and we'll consult it. Yeah. And I just went, ah, why did I even tell this guy? Because now, because now I'm in a position of weakness. No, you know what you're I mean? not. Uh, you are in comics and shit like that. Because again, he doesn't know me from fucking anybody. All right. Okay. So now, well, just out of curiosity, also, when you sniffed his, when you sniffed his ass, then was he upset with that? Or how did he reciprocate? He wouldn't stop barking yours? at the neighbors. Would not stop barking at the neighbors. Um, <clears throat> but the point is I've, I've, again, something he did 
I, I paid him a compliment. And again, he doesn't have any reason to compliment me because he doesn't know if I'm funny or not yet. I haven't yeah. been on stage, so he has no fucking clue. So now I'm like, oh, fuck, I got to be funny. Holy shit, that's going to suck. Um, but then Lawrence comes up and he goes, uh, hey, Mike. And I go, hey, Lawrence, Mike Schmidt. He goes, yeah, I, I know you. We used to do the that shitty room in Hollywood. And we used to do another. And, and he starts reeling off these open mics that I did when I first moved here in 97. And I was like, and the second I heard his voice, I go, Holy fuck, yeah, because he's got a he's from Atlanta. Yeah. Like he's got a country accent. And I was like, Holy fuck. I go, what are you doing? And he's like, um, you know what? He goes, I'm I'm a bartender now. Here I live, I got a big house and I'm doing real well. I'm off the road. And he's like, I don't know what's gonna happen tonight. And I go, Really? He goes, Yeah, he goes, I'm you know, I know Becky. She asked if I wanted to do this, but I don't he goes, I'm listening to my C D from two thousand six, wondering what bits I have that work. Like <laughs> I don't I don't even know. And I'm like, oh, fuck. All right. Well, I didn't feel so bad then that I'm going to do 15 minutes about the guy in the car next to me on the freeway. Right. <laughs> so uh, but I'm locked. I'm Like I said, I've got all this time just from driving down. I got all these bits about ways and school fucking zones and all this. Sh- I'm ready to kill. And uh, Mike goes up and oh, I should say this. They, they seat the room. There's 11 people. And uh, and that's fine. You know what I mean? I, I yeah. you know, I didn't expect a, it's a bar. And the last time I was there with those guys, they had about 40 people. So Becky actually said to me when I walked in, she goes, hey, look, she goes, we literally had a full table cancel an hour ago um, because this is about a month ago when this, that COVID, the whatever the fuck it was, yeah. I don't know, Jamboree, whatever the fuck they're naming them these days. Um, so there's some like some new strain, you know what yes. I mean? Just like, oh, paprika. Everybody's home with paprika. You're not going to fucking get a, an audience tonight. All right, great. Um, so there was 11 people and Mike went up to silence. Mike would do a bit and, but they weren't mean. Yeah. It's just, there's 11 people. So Mike did okay. And then, uh, he brought up, um, Tom's uh, Tom Actually, you know what? Tom wasn't on the bill. Stephanie, Stephanie Clark was, and he brought, it was supposed to, the bill was only me, Mike and Lawrence. Stephanie was doing a guest set because Becky said a comedian's also pulled out on her. So Steph goes up and she does, you know, she does her act. And then I'm next and I've got to do 20 minutes in front of 11 people. I'm like, ah, it's fine. We'll just fucking roll with it. We, you know, and I don't, I don't, I don't want to talk to anybody really. Cause again, there's only 11 people and I certainly don't yeah. want to do it in front of Lawrence. Cause if Lawrence is going to talk to people, then you got to save that for him. So I go up on stage and I start, I just fucking start doing the stuff about driving up and all this. And I just, I'm fucking hitting him. Bam, bam. With the guy motor COVID and fucking getting off the 405 because it's even the ways understands that you need a break from track. Blah, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And uh, all the, remember I said, I, I'm like, I, I hope I can fit all of this in in the yeah. 20 minutes and then I'll be able to get to my other stuff. And uh, I do all the stuff about driving there and then I do all my other stuff and I'm, uh, I'm seven in minutes into my set. <laughs> seven minutes. Mm-hmm. Because I thought like this show, uh, even when you're not here, I can just expand on stuff and talk. Yeah. And and just kind of make it bigger and bigger. But when you're laughing, I tag shit and I do it and make it funnier and funnier, in my opinion. Um, well, they weren't laughing, laughing. Like they would politely like laugh and then they'd kind of stop. There was no role. There was no absolutely no role to build on. So then I and I kept thinking they would just all of a sudden lock into my way of thinking. Because basically yeah. I was I was podcast Mike because I was talking and then I would pivot and I would kind of do this stuff. And you could see that it was. I wasn't loud and aggressive, but even following along my train of thought and the way I was speaking, I could see it was difficult for them yeah. because it was very different from stand-up to a certain extent. It was it was an extemporaneous bursting of ideas with some structure. 
and they would laugh. They did laugh at everything I said, nothing bombed. Yeah. But, but I was, I was just throwing material into the fire and it was just burning up. <laughs> and then I was, at, I had like 12 minutes left. And so I, I told the Seven Eleven story because I was like, because I literally, yeah. I didn't know what the fuck else to do. I'm like, Jesus Christ. I, cause even the stuff I had been doing at Zany's on the road with Lenny, when I was doing 20, 25 minutes, I would tell a long story sometimes. So I just told the Seven Eleven story and I was happy I did because then that, that did well. And, uh, oh, you know, I didn't, fuck, I forgot to tell you something. Um, when Lauren started bringing up those Hollywood, uh, open mics and stuff. Yeah. He also goes, he goes, Hey, let me ask you something. He goes, do you still do that joke? And I go, what, which one? And I, but I kind of knew which one. And he goes, uh, the N word that cured cancer. Oh yeah. And I said, I, you know, I haven't done it. And he just goes, never forgot that joke. He goes, the first time you did it, he goes, it just burned in my brain. He goes, I tell people that all the time. And I was just like, and it's funny because, and again, I'm not jerking off. Patton Oswalt came up to me, him and Brian Posehn the night I did it. And they were like, that's yeah. the funniest thing I've ever heard. That's the funniest joke I've ever well, heard. And again, it's not just funny. It is, it, and it's not, it's not a punch in the face mean. It's a, it's a was, reality check that is funny. Yeah, it made it, it made a point. Yeah. You know what I mean? So whatever. And it, so who cares? But, but it did make me go, holy fuck. Yeah. Uh, I haven't done this. I haven't seen Lawrence in 20 years and I haven't done stand up for, with any regularity in 15. And there's a guy out there who, who remembers my joke and keeps telling it to everybody. Like it made me go, fuck, you know what, dude, you have worth. You were good at this. Like you, you, you have something to bring to the table here. You yeah. you can't, and you can't let it die. And I, and again, I was formulating my plan anyway, but then this made me just go, well, now you, now, you know, you know, and do I really know? Maybe not, but it was, it was nice to know in that moment yeah. that someone knew and remembered that kind of thing. And so, uh, and so I did my set and I told the Seven Eleven story and again, it was fine. It wasn't, it wasn't good. Really. It was just 11 people. You know what I mean? It's what, that sometimes that happens in stand up. And then afterwards, like people were like, how did it go? I said, well, it, all of us went up and did our act. And then afterwards we all sat around and told each other great set. I said, that's, that's what yeah. it was because none of us had a great set. Um, but we also understood because we've done this for so long, uh, that in a room of 11 people, uh, getting people to laugh and pay attention the entire time is, yeah. is also kind of a, kind of a victory. You know what I mean? Um, cause truthfully, and truth, none of us should have been doing 20 minutes. You know what I mean? We should have been doing 10 minute sets. Even Lawrence was on stage and he would start a joke and, and then he'd just go, I don't remember the end of that joke. And he goes, so, you know what, we're, let's do another one. Let's go this route. You know what I mean? He just did that. Um, and, and people, people, it was that kind of a loose night. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but, but Lawrence had more confidence with it than I did. Like I would not have been good about going, I don't remember that. Cause I would then been like, you fucking idiot. Why do you remember this shit? Um, I would have been mad at myself, you know, and I, and I don't ever want that to be the case. So, um, so, so my point is what night of the week was that? That was a Thursday might've been a Thursday. Okay. It was a weeknight. It was a weeknight. Okay. So I know you have dogs and I know you have panting. Yeah. But let me, let me at least, let me tell, tag that with this if I can. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I did it and I did 20 minutes and I was like, all right, that was fine. Um, about 10 days later, my buddy Jeff was like, Hey, I need you to do me. Uh, can you take me to a gig? 
Um, and I said, sure, where is it? And he said, it's in Santa Clarita. It's on a Saturday. Um, you know, come come pick me up. And I said, yeah, that's, that's fine. I'm happy to do it. And he said, do you want to go up? And I said, well, I know the guy who books the room. I've worked because I've worked his room. Um, I have a history with him. I've worked at his rooms many times. I go, I'm not sure he would want me to go up. I said, but you know, you can, you can check because this guy used to book a room. He used to book a room in Santa Clarita. We called it, it was a Marie calendars. And they had a side room that was like a, it was perfect for comedy. It was like this, this, and so they would do comedy in it and you couldn't say fuck. You couldn't, yeah. he had this, he would took bullets out of your gun where you couldn't swear. And then one night, like it was, there was like 25 people and it was kind of freewheeling and some guy in the audience said fuck. So I was like, all right. And then I just started, I did it in my set a couple times. Uh, and got I killed. I did huge laughs. Yeah. And then he was furious. He was very, he's like, what are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And I go, I go, dude, the audience was, I go, the guy said it yeah. back to me. So I said it back to him. And, and he's, and again, he's a good guy. He has rooms. He does very well. He he's, and I've, but he, I, we have another history. Like I worked with him on the road once and he doesn't remember this. Um, first night I ever met him, we worked together at a, at a club in, yeah. you know, fucking Iowa. And, uh, afterwards, like I stayed to watch his act because I did with every time I'd work with somebody, I'd watch their act the first night. Yeah. And then he's like, you want to go get something to eat? And I said, sure. And then we went out to eat and he spent the entire meal telling me why I was never going to make it in the business. Uh, because I swore too much. I was too aggressive with my language and I needed to temper that. And because audiences don't like it and TV doesn't like it. And clearly I wasn't going to do it. And I sat there and ate my late night Fridays food and just was like, uh-huh. Okay, cool. And I just was like, I hate this guy forever. So then when I came to LA, he had rooms and I wanted to work the rooms and he did not remember me. So I worked the rooms and, and I've done extremely well in his rooms. One night I went up on stage and the power went out and I improvised for fucking like 12 minutes and I destroyed. It's one of the funniest nights I've ever had on stage. And it was the only time Pardo was weird about following me because he was like, man, you pretty much, you, you made everything you did. You, you wrung everything out of this, every drop you could get. And I was like, what am I going to do? And he's like, well, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. We should just fucking shut it down. I'm like, what are you talking about? You're going to fucking destroy. And they went up on stage and he fucking destroyed because he's him. But it was the only time I ever made him kind of go, hmm, which was, I liked. Um, So I said, Jeff, I don't know if he's going to want me to go up. So then the night of Jeff is like, well, I can get you five minutes if you want, probably. I said, and I went, "Uh, I don't know if, and I kept finding excuses to not do it. And I'm like, this is so against everything you fucking said you were going to do, man. What is your issue? You, and it's five minutes in a pie house. What the fuck are you scared of? Why wouldn't you do this? And so I then texted Jeff and I go, yeah, man, I want to go up. Absolutely. And he goes, all right, I'll ask him. We'll see if we can get you up or whatever. So I took Jeff there and and then it was just presumed I was going to do 10. <laughs> I showed up and the, the guy who was hosting it is this guy, Paul. And he goes, all right, Mike, you'll do 10 uh, because the, our feature act is stuck in traffic. He goes, so I'll go up and do my time and then you do 10 and, or if you can keep going, I'll, I'll give you the stretch. But you know, if she gets here in time, she'll go up. And I said, great, whatever you need, which used to be the answer. Yeah. That always used to be the answer. Great. Whatever you need. What do you need? I can do it. Uh, so he did his set and then he brought me up and I, I wish to tell you this 14 people, 17, maybe. So again, same type of small crowd, same type of atmosphere, wooden tables. Like it was almost exactly the same as, as sister's barn. Yeah. 
And the only difference was there was a, uh, a pallet you could stand on. So you were a little higher than the audience. You had a stage. And I went up and I, and I purposely in my brain said, all right, do this different. I had the set I wanted to do the, the five minutes easy. And then when he said 10, I was like, all right, well, I can do this and talk a little bit about the place. And you, know, you, you just go through it in your head. But I said, but the most important thing you need to do here is you need to do jokes. You can't, you can't just wing it. You can't just, you can't be podcast Mike. You have to be stand up Mike. You have to figure out who he is. And he brought me on stage and I, he had the mic in the mic stand. And I used to, you know, I hold the microphone, the mic stand, you know, when I, I don't take the mic out of the stand, but some, but recently I've been taking whatever. So I took the microphone and I went to pull it out of the stand and it wouldn't come out. And I pulled it and I even said, hi, I pulled it and it hit me in the fucking mouth. Oh, Jesus. I hit myself in the mouth with the fucking microphone. (laughs) And, and everybody goes, oh, because I mean, it was a shot. There was clearly, and I laughed and I go, hey, you wouldn't imagine I've done this for 30 years, would you? (laughs) And that got a laugh. And then I tasted blood. And I went. I'm bleeding, right? And they went, oh my God. And I put my fingers to my lips. I've got blood all over my, I cut my lip open in in the craziest way. And I've got blood on my fingers. And then I I just talked about that for like five minutes. Just making fun of the fact that I did that, but did it in a a smart way and in a quiet, you know, like I played to their level. I did it right. But I, I, and I could feel my lips swelling and I would say that I'd be like, I just, I took a shot. Like George Foreman came up here and punched me in the face. I go, I'm not used to getting hit until after my set. I'm not going to lie to you, whatever, <laughs> just silliness. But, but it wasn't quick. I, I paced it and I didn't come at them aggressively. And then I went, I, I made fun of it for a good five minutes and I wound up doing like 15 and I did a set. I did jokes. I did the, the bits that I had planned to do in addition to working in the fact, but I bled the whole set. I kept dabbing a napkin yeah. on my mouth because I was bleeding. And I'm sure that engendered instant sympathy with them. So the audience wanted to like me anyway. Yeah. But then the way I dealt with it made them really like me where I ingratiated myself almost instantly by making fun of myself yeah. instead of being like shocked or mad or furious or whatever. And and I, I felt like a comic. It was amazing. It, it, again, it was that thing where, again, there's 14 people there. I got laughs through the entire set. I improvised. And also Jeff had never seen me on stage. Jeff, I've known, I've been driving him back and forth. And he's, Jeff had his own sitcom. I did a show about Jeff a couple yeah. years ago. Jeff, had, Jeff has had v- incredible success in this business. And he likes me. He's just met me. I've driven him around places and he just thinks I'm fucking funny as a normal guy. So it was important for me to do well in front of him. And then I did. And he, afterwards, he was just like, why aren't you doing this all the time? Like you should be out there all the time. And, and it meant a lot. It meant a ton. And I was so proud of myself because I made adjustments from sister's barn. Will they carry through to every show? I don't know if they will. Will it be something I'm able to do every time I'm on stage? Can I control who I am and getting mad and furious and all those things? I don't know. I'm going to try, but you can only do it by getting out there and doing it as much as you possibly can. So when you ask me about the Mayflower, I say to you, I would be very interested in something like that. I don't know what it would be. I don't know if it would be 202020. I don't know if it would just be me and five comics doing 10 minutes each. I, I don't know. I have enough comic connections and friends to where I would love to produce a show. I would want to pay them something. Do they all pay you? 
Um, well, I mean, I didn't make money. I made money at Sisters. Even okay. though there's 11 people, we all got paid. Okay. Um, and I didn't make money because I was just doing a guest set in, in Santa Clarita. Okay. So, but I'm, but it, regardless of whether they pay me, I would want well, to have a. I don't know what the standard is for pay right now for comics sure. for a 20 minute for a small show. I well, mean, I can tell you that magicians get, get anywhere between $200 and 3000 It's not that. You know, it would be so literally, it, when, yeah. we were, when we were doing 20, 20, 20, I gave people yeah. 20 bucks. Yeah, it's a guess. That, it, it tank a guess. Yeah. And people like to do a long set in town. Yeah. And it, yeah, that used to be a tank of gas. No. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was just going to say the standard used to be if you could give somebody a tank of gas, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I would reach out to people and if they wanted to do it, I, I would want to offer them something. Well, you know, here, here's why I ask. You know, I have to go to the board and say, I want to bring in a comedy show and a comedy show costs X or we have to do a split a door with them. And, you know, this is this is what they expect to make. This is what we have to, you know, anticipate. You know, we know the first few will be 20 people because we don't we're starting, you know. And so I have to say we need to commit to some money if we're going to do this or I have to bring you in as a producer and you have to commit to paying people. Well, 2020, 2020 was different because, again, I'm asking two other comics to essentially do a 20 minute set. Yeah. Um, and so I, that was, the, and also I brought in names, you know, I brought yes. in people who were real good. Yeah. Um, and I'd still want to do that with, with yeah. Mayflower. I'd want to get my friends and people who are yeah. funny and people who are working all the time. Um, it's a discussion, but, but yeah, yeah I mean, I would, I'll, I'll ask around, but I mean, I would love to do it. So, okay. so the, the bottom line though, is that's, <laughs> I keep talking about how I have plans for 2023. Well, my plan was to get a full-time gig and possibly do this blood thing and then some extra work and all these and dr- get in the car a couple times and and in addition working out and getting healthy and then also doing stand up and uh and I waited and then I finally gotten the word that none of the top, the other none of that stuff's going to happen. The only thing that can happen is the me uh working <laughs> what are you doing with your arm there? My elbow um, hurts. I see. Is 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 working out you know, I can handle that myself. Stand up, I can handle that myself. And Uber, I'm going to have to, that's just what it's going to be. It's just what it's going to be. And it's, it's a scary thing right now. Cause again, I, you know, I'm, I'm really up against it. And, but the good thing about Uber is you make money every day when you yep. drive. But the problem is I just don't know what it's going to be like with the gas prices. Yeah. That's going to be an issue. And also I was looking to pivot from my insurance company to a different insurance company. And I wanted to tell the other insurance company that I wasn't going to ride share because I, I would imagine that would save me some money because I, you know, I'm 55. There's no reason my fucking car insurance should be what it is. I haven't had a fucking violation in it in nine years. It's insane for everybody. Um, yeah. That's crazy. So, it is. So uh, you bring it up and I'd love to do it. Because okay. again, that was all part of the plan, and and to have my own show would be ridiculous. You know, monthly, weekly. How would you want to do it? Um, right now we're doing things either once a month or twice a month, just to try to build them up and see how they're going to go. Let me ask you this: Are we? Yeah. Are you and I having a phone conversation in front of people who don't care? <laughs> no, I I think they do like... care. Well, again, they do care. And by the way, come join the Mayflower Club because I'm going to start getting more more interesting, cool stuff happening there. Cool, you know. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, I'm I'm interested. So yeah, I'd love okay. to do it because. The plan is to do a lot more stand up in town and then by the end of the year be ready. And it was funny because Lenny's like, you could probably do it now. And I'm like, nah, I, I, I need to be good again. I, I can't 
I can't run the risk of doing it and then it not going well and then them not bringing for me the, back for or the whatever. cruise. You mean for any of the boats? Yeah, you know I mean, yeah, That's- yeah. Well, that's why I'm thinking if you did 2020 20, 20 for three months, twice a month, you're gonna get a good feel of what it is that you want to take on a cruise ship. Because I mean, I, can you tell the 7-Eleven story? Is that your dirty set? It's not dirty. Is that None your my, early set? I mean, I don't know. None what what would that fit? Is a weird hybrid of what I have to do is that because look, I did the Seven Eleven story at Bridgetown in yeah. Portland, and it was over an hour. Yeah. What I can do is I can take that and strip mine it and make it a ten minute bit, yeah. a ten minute story. Then I, then I'm in Ron Stock territory and those guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Those were your successful storyteller comics. Um. So that, but that's what I need. I need to. Yeah make that muscle because my instinct is to always tag shit and to always live within the story. And then we're all of a sudden we're at 18 minutes. Yeah. And <laughs> the harsh reality is maybe not everybody will think that everything I say is awesome. Like I do. Yes. So when I do the podcast, I can say whatever the fuck I want on stage. And again, I've, I've been surgical on stage. I've written material and bits that were, that were with laser point precision. You know what I mean? So that's what I need to do yeah. is I need to, I need to, what, for years I've talked about going back and finding chunks and shows that I could turn into bits. You know what I mean? And that's, that's essentially what I did when I went to Zany's, like the whole bit about Amazon and going to the moon. And, you know, sometimes you need a spatula. All that shit was from the show. It's just, I turned it into bits. You know yeah. what I mean? I turned it into the structure of it, buying a pie that was $50. I made that a bit. So, so that's all I, and, and doing stuff on stage will allow me Yep. To workshop stuff and make it work. So I could tell the 7-Eleven story, but it would have to be like a 10 minute. But, but I mean, minute. That, that's what I think you have to do is you have to find, you know, four stories to put together like you did for the one man show. I mean, that's the yeah. that's the basis of putting together a 40 minute set for a cruise. Exactly. Well, also the stuff on, on, on the yeah. cruise, too, like you need you need three separate clean sets yep. and then you need a dirty set. And that's the funny thing is, like, I don't I don't even know what my dirty set would be like. I don't. I mean, it's which sounds weird to say, but like all I do is I say fuck. I don't talk about fucking really. Um, so there, to me, that's not dirty per se. So I would have to find a way to 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 pivot and tell those stories in that fashion. But I don't know. I mean, who knows? Um, but yeah. So I mean, I would be interested in doing it and going on stage. So I would I would really like that actually okay. if that's a possibility. So yeah. Um, but but you know, it's funny too. Is I'm like. Already, I'm going, well, I would want to pay the comics instead of going, fuck, I can get on stage twice. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I'm already thinking of the other thing than, than the but, thing that would benefit again, me. But again, I feel like you do. It's like, I value people. And so it's like, I, I brought in the bingo and I'm like, this is what it's going to cost to bring bingo in. We need this many tickets sold at the door just to break even the first time we do it. And right. then we go from there. And they all look at me and they're just like, you're like, and I go, I ran a show for 15 years. I've run my own businesses all of my... I will not say there is money for flowers if I don't know how I'm going to pay for flowers. We don't buy flowers unless I know we can raise that money, right. you know? So it's like, there's a lot of things where, you know, I, I think I will help them. And I think that I can bring things in through the entertainment that I know. Cause I'd like to bring in a circus show too. I think, okay. um, I think that would be a, a good thing to have in there as well. So, all right. Nice. Well, anyway, thank you. I hope we can make that work. I hope we can too. Though. Yeah. This, I, although this sounds dangerously close to the end of the interview I had at the grocery store. Thank you. I hope we can make it work. Well, <laughs> fantastic. I can't wait to hear from you by Friday. Well, maybe by Monday. Terrific. And cut to next Monday and I get a call from you and you don't even leave a voicemail and this whole fucking thing got a trap door pulled on it. <laughs> and then I'm back to measuring my neck and people screaming at me not to fucking do it. Don't do it. Jesus. 
All right, go take care of uh, fucking frickin' frack. Make sure they don't piss on anything that you collected. I will. Thank you. All right. Love you. Thanks. Love you.